from around the way. I forget the rest because I'm not looking at the screen. Right. What do, what do I usually say? I can't even remember. It's been so long. Oh, I Vinny Pass presents the brush breakdown, but we're presenting more than that. So we have to do a little something different. Yeah. So I'm not going to say yeah. the regular deal. Okay. We have a uh, little, um, what would you call it? Well, kind of like the surprise, the, the surprise episode that Pablo did solo. This is kind of on those same lines. Okay. Not your usual okay. episode. It's like, uh, like, like special pre presentation, like, uh, like Christmas time back in the day when like ABC would run like Charlie Brown and the freaking thing would come on the screen. You're like, yo, it's like a, it's like a Christmas presentation. BSB's doing that for you right now. Wait, let me see if I can find that. What was that? ABC? You just ABC do like ABC special, yeah. special uh, theme. Bro. I found it. I found you it. did? What's it under? Oh, it's yeah, I just found it. <laughs> What's type, it under? On YouTube, type in um, yeah. CBS special presentation. CBS special presentation, presentation intro. Oh, shit. I, here it is. Only went game and Jeopardy. No, that's not. Oh, it'll, it'll, it'll do it at the end. Okay. That's hard as fuck. Yeah, it is. Yeah. They got you excited. <laughs> Look out. Here comes Charlie Brown. Here comes some shit. Some shit's yeah. going to pop off. Yeah. Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer right up your ass. Right. Right. right, right. Yeah. Oh, shit. Let's play it again. Uh oh. Remix. I didn't fucking I didn't pick it on. That's awesome. Okay. Um, yeah, so I got together with Joe from the This Is Hardcore podcast and Richie from the Post America podcast. And oh, the guitar player for Wisdom and Chains. Correct. And Joe does the, the This Is Hardcore Fest and he's been in uh bands and he's been around forever and everybody's been around forever and we were talking and we each have these individual podcasts and we came up with this sort of concept that we think that our podcasts are sort of like a Venn diagram you know I think Joe had said it at one point which is what sparked this idea that you know we probably have some people who listen to all three and then some people who listen to two of them and some people who listen to you know what I mean and it seems to be all like-minded people. So how do we, what's an idea to try and get all these people together on the same page here? Synergy. And yeah. And say like, yo, you dig this podcast. You're going to dig this one too. You'd like this one. You're going to like this one. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. We all give a little bit of a, a, a some, uh, a little bit of a different flavor on a <clears throat> uh, larger thing. You know what I mean? We're, we're sort of, each touching uh, certain things in a larger picture. So we had this idea to do an episode together. So me and Joe and Richie uh, sat down and, and did an episode together talking about each other's podcast and talking some shit. And um, we all agreed to put it out on our respective platforms. And um, so this is what we're doing. So this is kind of like a special. Uh, so it will ABC. be multicast on all, same episode, 
multicast on all three channels. From my understanding, yes. 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 You know, just kind of get everybody hip to each other's thing. And um, we we really believe that, you know, ev- uh, people who enjoy each individual podcast should know about the other two. And, um, you know, we had a good time shooting the shit and um, talking. Yeah. And- yeah, I mean, we do wrestling, boxing, hip-hop, punk rock. Joe does in-depth interviews with... Um, I would say like movers and shakers in the business, not just musicians, just kind of like people that are actually impacting the scene in some regard. Yeah. And asking them about them, not about like song two on their second album. And Richie Richie and Joe do, they cover punk rock hardcore as well as the bullshit that's going on in the world. Yes. And, and, Richie's been doing some bonus episodes. He did. I don't know if you saw, he did a couple where he did like deep dives into, into certain records. So he did an agnostic front record and he did a mad ball record and he's just by himself. And he kind of goes track by track by track and talks about the people who played on it, talks about the lyrics, talks about the, you know, the bass playing on it, what it meant to him and, and to hear somebody who I always enjoy hearing somebody who really loves something, put it over. And, and tell you why they like it. You know what I mean? I, it, no matter what it is, but especially with music stuff, you know? Yeah. And it's good to, um, it's not stuff we necessarily don't know about, but to hear a different angle on a musician talking or on an album that you didn't necessarily know before is pretty interesting, especially when it's like, I can't believe Joe Harcourt just schooled me on this X, Y, Z, or like Richie really thinks this about the AF album. I never thought about that. You know, it's almost like you're getting a different point of view from people you know, which you you think we all think the same thing, but we don't. We all didn't come from the same backgrounds. So it's interesting to get different uh, insights. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. 100%. Yeah. So, yeah, we did that. And um, this coming up is that episode. And, um, you know, me and Pablo are doing a little intro beforehand. And there was a couple things we wanted to just say real quick. Um First and foremost, I saw a couple, we saw a couple posts on, um, you know, the gimmick gang page and, you know, just around that people think that we're done and we we're not done. We're never done just because we ain't putting out product or, uh, uh, yeah. Episodes at the currently doesn't mean we're done. We'll be back. We always come back. We're never done. Um, well, you, you would, you know, I'm sure everybody else out there has shit going on and you shouldn't be surprised that like you want to do something on Tuesday and something comes up and then we say Wednesday and something comes up and before you know it, it's three weeks later. That's, that's just how life goes. That's exactly what's every happened. week, every what week happens, we're yeah. saying we're doing it that week and then something comes up out of the four of us and then whatever. Right. And so Vinny started a Patreon channel, which is um giving bonus content of Vinny stuff you know you can um so so uh, on this patreon he has a uh boxing exclusively boxing podcast with a friend of his and someone had commented 
that they thought that meant that it was the end of this show. And it's absolutely not the end of the show. It doesn't matter what any of us are doing. We're just trying to, you know, in all honesty, we're living life in a really weird time that is giving us not a whole lot of time to be available to spend, you know, I mean, we're I doing. Spent, yeah, I spent one night dropping off furniture at Jeff's house. Not yes. realizing that the furniture was going on the third floor, and yes. I almost died. It was pretty good. I had a freaking, pretty, I had a bookcase on my back. OG's pushing my back. I'm running, trying to run up the stairs. <laughs> the book, the stairwell's like ten feet wide, or whatever, four, three feet wide. Yeah. With turns, old Philadelphia house. Yeah. I, I almost tapped. I'm sweating balls. The OG's looking at me like a maniac. I'm sweating like crazy. I'll tell you. I'll tell you, it made me feel really good about myself because I wasn't that tired. I was so winded. I was, so I was, I was like, tired. oh, man, maybe I'm in better shape than I thought I was. I was very impressed oh, by your you. stamina. Oh, thank very you. Very impressed. I have stamina, my friend. I don't know why I took a shower because I was freaking sweating <laughs> by the second bookcase. I was dying. <laughs> what a pain in the ass. That was fun. That's yeah. a whole story. And then after that, I was, my body was wrecked for like four days. I Maybe it was because I, I spent so much time moving. I was like in shape for a minute again, sort of. No, you know what I mean? So like that was nothing compared to what I had done. You know what I mean? I had not thought it through. I thought I was just going to drop all stuff in the living room. And I was like, oh, this is great. And yeah. I was like, oh, I didn't realize I'm going to put this in Xavier's room. Well, you didn't have to help me. I could have got it up there. Of course I'll help you. I know you would. You know, and that stuff doesn't look, doesn't feel heavy at the time. You know what I'm saying? When you're just carrying it sideways from your house to your car, it's like manageable. When you got to go up, up well, then, upstairs, you, well, the, the, well, you were carrying it all fucked up the one time. And I said, yo, why don't you carry it like this? That seemed to help out, no? Yeah, it did. It did until my weight went backwards and I almost fell down the steps. I got you, pal. Yeah. I got you. I'm not going to let back. you fall. Yeah. I'm not going to let you fall. Never. Never. Oh my god, I'm still still sweating over that. <laughs> yes, I thought, I thought it was fun. All right. But back to the shilling. Yes, yeah. has, has a boxing podcast now called Knock Him Out in the Box with his boy Brandon. And it's on Patreon. If you're a member, you get exclusive stuff, all cool stuff. And it's it's yeah, it's it's boxing, but it will evolve into some hip hop and some other uh, com- comedic stuff, you know. You might see the professor might stop in, you know. what I'm yeah, saying, yeah. like, like on those sitcoms when like Tim Allen would run in, or you know, Tim Conway or something like that, like a little run in. Yeah, he's what, what wrestler? What wrestlers run in? Who does a run in? Oh, uh, everybody does a run in, run in at some point or another. So the professor might do a run in. You never know. Yeah, man. But but uh, he's trying to do that since he's not touring, and he's trying to make some loot. Um, and also the stuff's on the JMT store website jmtstore.com all this crazy stuff all these shirts i want i gotta tell him i want for free but i'm trying to let you guys get it first look at this this fucking shorts are dope all these shirts are dope the new album there's a cassette out there i want that for free fuck it fucking order it employed motherfucker comes in like fucking this long sleeve the gothic long sleeve is dope i might i got that that one do you yeah, so you get it. I don't black it. It's just me. I fucking bought it. You oh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not buying it. <laughs> the only thing I would buy is. And then Vinny yelled at me for buying it, but I fucking yeah. I bought it. 
The only thing and I would it came buy in like two days. It's Bluetooth speaker is probably the only thing I would buy because that looks like it. Like there's no markup on that. It's probably he's probably getting it at a cost. But it's got Come the JMT on, logo on it. It's pretty dope. Come on, man. For, for new material, that's pretty dope. Uh, also, his album is dropping this week. Burn everything that Friday. So the day you hear this, it's out. Well, what if they hear it on Saturday? Well, Friday. This comes out on Friday. His record comes out on Friday. But if I'm listening to it on the Saturday, then it's already out. Then the motherfucker, I can't help motherfuckers day behind, man. Uh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Told them before. It's here now. Look, man, how much are you supposed to push, motherfucker? You got to be on. You got to be on the ball. Yes. This Philly. Yes, and peep the video, Poppy Wardrobe on YouTube, the Vinny Pass channel on YouTube, Poppy Wardrobe. Also, a special appearance by Professor Pablo in the background. He's we there. decided we decided to shoot that video on the coldest night in Philly, mm-hmm. with the most snow, mm-hmm. nowhere to park. Mm-hmm. Um, our boy Jimmy G came through, pulled mm-hmm. through. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's what Vinny does for his people. Mm-hmm. We're mm-hmm. recording mm-hmm. at fucking three a.m. Mm-hmm. West Philly, coldest yep. day, yep. coldest day of the year. Yep. We tried to order pizza. Everyone's like, "Nah, it's closed. There's fucking snow on the ground. We ain't open today." Yeah, it was like a deal, man. That was, night. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what we do. We pick we pick the best days to shoot. Well. But as you see, it's dope as fuck. Right. Suffer yeah. for the art, man. We do. That's what we do. We suffer, Jeff. Oh, I'm suffering right they now. They don't know. They no. don't. They don't know. So, that's that. I don't think we got nothing else. Vinny's Patreon, Vinny's record, Vinny's uh, uh, YouTube channel. Yeah, we got Jeff um, Preston Street tattoo. We're booked yeah. up till June. Yeah. So you We're can booked, call, man. You can call and get a consult, but heads are trying to get tatted, man. It's this this COVID's got everyone trying to get. Tad it, yo! You tad it, Jeff. Got tats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with the COVID thing, it's weird because we're limited on the amount of people we can have in the shop at a time, and the amount of people you know we can't have walk-ins. This, that, and the other thing. So, what happened was because we can only book a certain amount of appointments in a day, we we got booked out a little bit. But it doesn't mean he can't. <clears throat> excuse me. It doesn't mean he can't get in. Hit us up, whatever. Yeah. And there's uh, also, um, we also have a Where's Waldo game going on right now where um, a friend of the show, Cody Max, has been doing a lot of podcasts. So if you could post <laughs> on the on our page how many podcasts you could find Cody Max in, you might win a prize. <laughs> Cody. This, mother- this motherfucker's doing like a book tour. <laughs> Cody. But interesting stories. My man, Cody Max. I yeah. love him. Yeah. Cody's the best. Yeah. He's got stories. We have nothing to say. No. Nothing. I got nothing. Nothing. We I went to the tattoo parlor Saturday. Me and Jeff had nothing to say to each other. We just stared at each other. We did. Until we, until we both got tattooed. We did. We did. We yeah. did. We did. At least we're staring at each other in the same room. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Right. Human contact, man. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How's good. that tattoo? All right. But yeah, I just took the tegaderm off and nice. uh, a little itchy, mm-hmm. but I'm surviving. I'm glad. It's true. But yeah, it's dope. A little sparrow, old school tattoo. I love it. Yeah. Nice. I love it. Nice, nice. But yeah, I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. I listened to a little bit of it. It's freaking awesome. Very interesting. 
Um, I love all the personalities on there. I like the Cabo. Great idea, Jeff. Great idea, Joe. Richie. Again, yeah, I predict now other podcasts are going to steal this idea. How do you think? What do you think about that? Stole a lot of other stuff from us, so they yeah. might as well steal this. It's the all these podcast collabos happening now. This mm-hmm. summer, you watch. Mm-hmm. Where, where did it happen first? Philly. <laughs> Capital of the world, Philadelphia. Walk, walk around and find out. Wow, is what it, it is. It, you know what is Hitchbot? What happened when he came to Philly? That's all more about motherfucking fuckhead. Yeah, yeah. Hitchbot, punch him, yeah, punch him right in his face. <laughs> <laughs> what do you hitch? I can punch him right in the fucking face. <laughs> 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 we know, dickhead, fucking hitchhiker. Fuck him oh, up. Right. Got stomped out. Yeah, he did. Well, it's what it is. Yep. Made it all the way across the fucking world till he got here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was in a nice neighborhood too. He like got Where stopped, was like, that? He got stopped at like Old City or something. He wasn't even in Kenzo. Some shit pops off in old city sometimes. Plus, this motherfucker's all smiling on the corner trying to hitchhike. Fuck you. Yeah, we don't trust dickhead. Yeah. Yeah. Kick that dickhead right down the street. <laughs> <laughs> Take a picture and put it on my fucking uh, whatever. Yeah. yeah. My TikTok. <laughs> That's it, bro. All right. I got nothing. Cool. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We'll be back with some new content real soon. If not, we're going to give you another collabo episode. Yeah, we're 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 definitely coming back. Um, the three of us, uh, the four of us, are itching to do it, itching to fucking do it. Uh-huh. So it's just a matter of working out the schedule. We're definitely going to do it soon. We appreciate everybody even giving a shit and still paying any t- attention at all. Um, but we will be back for sure. Yes. Sooner than later. Word up. You can listen to me eat lifesavers on a fucking thing all day. Yeah. All right. Enjoy. Yeah. Hope everybody's well. Talk to you soon. Bye. See ya. Later. All right, guys. We are now officially recording. Yeah. So um, let's do a check-in. OG? What's up? Richie? Check one, two, check. All right, guys, feel good. Well, to start this off, I've said it on this podcast that you're listening to that we would eventually converge as a meeting of minds between Post-America Podcast, the Broad Street Breakdown, and the Rookie of the Year, the This Is Hardcore Podcast. And so everyone listening, you're listening to three guys who are friends who each have their own podcasts. And for me personally, there would be no This Is Hardcore podcast without these two and the tutelage and the support and the technical information. And then like every week giving me pointers and insights. So without these two that we're talking that you hear, OG Jeff, Richie Crutch, there wouldn't be no This Is Hardcore podcast. So thank you guys for stewardship and friendship in getting me into this podcast world. Our pleasure. (laughs) I think, um, I think you've accomplished something, Joe, that hasn't been sort of tackled in this format. I think um, you've gone beyond sort of 
you know, this guy in this band, you get into these people's lives and you get into their, you know, into their head and their thought process of the way they do things. And I think that, um, so for example, the, the Texas is the reason dude you did. Yeah. I have being, I guess being a little bit older, I don't know if I've ever heard a note by them and going into it on the surface, I have no interest in that at all. But because it's your show, I listened to the entire, what was it, four hours you did? Yeah, it was like 405 or something. Yeah. <laughs> and I left it like loving that dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? And just hearing his story and his life and his different, the different things he's been through and um, sort of his, his mindset as a, as a gay person and feeling like he didn't belong in a place where you're supposed to be able to belong. I found it really interesting. I found it really inspirational. I think that that's what you've kind of tapped into with these people that you're having on your show. So it's like a different angle. It's almost like a human angle as opposed to, yeah, this record you did is great, this, that, and the other thing. You know, and you do have some aspects of that, but I think you're tapping into the people as human beings as opposed to a figure in a band or a figure with a label or a figure who did a zine or whatever. Yeah, I, I agree. Like it's uh, I would normally not listen to an interview with that guy just no. because I wasn't, I'm not too familiar with the band. I, I just don't even know the connections and, yes. and it turns out there, there is some connections to, to stuff I like a lot, yes. but I learned that that's a really cool dude. I, but yeah, that's always my problem with a podcast. I don't listen unless it's, I'm familiar with if it's an interview, I got to be familiar with the interviewer. If it's just a podcast or like hanging out, bullshitting, I got to like the personalities. But so since, uh, since it's yours. I just I always chime in and I usually chime in with a bad attitude. Like, I don't even want to hear this. Dude. <laughs> but, but then like, yeah, you, you make it. I'm just being honest. You make it interesting. Norm, I normally wouldn't sit through someone I didn't know or I wasn't an actual fan of the band. Right. If I was listening to a podcast, if I listen to a podcast regularly and they have somebody and I don't know the person, they have somebody on who I'm not interested in, I don't listen to it. But because it's Joe's, I listen to every episode that, that both of you do, regardless of who you might have on, not have on, whatever. Like Richie, the last, um, what, the last two you did? Or the, the one before the last one? So you did two episodes of sort of breaking down different albums. You did Agnostic yeah. Front, One Voice, and you did uh, Madball, Hold It Down. There was a there was an interview with Cuz Joe in between. So it's One Voice, so look into that. Right, right, yes, and then, yes. And then, and then I, you know, I just happened to love those two albums, and I was like, I said, now I, you know, let me do it. I gave it so, a shot. So here's an example. I I love Agnostic Front. And I love Madball, but I'm not. So if you said to me, what's your favorite Madball? My favorite Madball thing they ever did is Ball the seven Destruction. Inch, I bet. I knew it. Yeah, OG. Right. OG's got right with the OG. Yeah. All day long. I, not only that, but I think but that it, that's. But it is super dope. It is. That seven dope. inch, for me, is, is top five things that ever came out of New York. Wow. I fucking love that seven inch. And yeah. it, when that seven inch came out. I happened to be at a record convention in Jersey for some reason and picked it up the week it came out. And I have loved it ever fucking since yeah. then. Not to downplay the other stuff, but that to me 
is definite is definition new york hardcore yeah it really is and a lot you're right a lot of people don't point out that release probably because if they if they only had that seven inch and maybe another seven inch and an album mm-hmm. everybody would talk about that seven inch they just have a, such a big body of work but you're right. right that that's an important seven inch that's overlooked as far as new york hardcore vinyl it was it was really cool i remember loving it but you know i mean I'm like i put an album it up guy, there, you know i put it up there with with whatever anybody wants to put up from new york you know what i mean an antidote whatever like all these seven inches that are held up really high I put that ball of destruction in there, in that, in that conversation for sure. But point is that I, I, while I dig those records that you analyzed, if it was somebody else doing it, I would have been like, eh, maybe I'll get to this, whatever. But I listened to it right away. And the way you break these down made me be like, I need to go listen to this fucking record again. I haven't listened to it since fucking, you know. Did, did, did it come <laughs> off? Did, did you like, like it more? Did you appreciate it a little more? Not really. Yes. So I th- again, I think again, I think it might be uh, just because of that couple years difference in age. When one voice came out, I dug it, but I was the first thing that I heard from them was cause for alarm. Yeah. So the 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 departure from that early stuff from Victor Payne, then cause for alarm, then liberty and justice. You know what I mean? And so that totally. there was a. There was a big departure. So I was like, this is cool. They're going in a different direction, whatever, whatever. It never really stuck with me. Mm-hmm. But when you did your episode, fuck, man, I went back and was like, fuck, you, he's fucking right on about this. this is some shit. Yeah. Gee, let me, gee let me ask you something. Yes. When, when Richie was breaking down the lyrics of One Voice, did it not make you just get so fucking excited just thinking about, like, there was a theatric... And and it's and I I'm gonna put Richie over hard on this. There mm. there was like a Dan Carlin descriptive moment with Richie with these lyrics, I like and I had to go back. <laughs> I literally I was actually fucked up. I'm I'm on like the 40 something story of a building, and I'm mm. doing the most mindless tasks. So podcast is like really the thing that keeps my central nervous system going mm-hmm. because what I'm doing is dumb shit. Mm-hmm. And I had to stop for a minute and go, I remember the one voice record being Mm -hmm. the first key, like a key to unlock a puzzle because Mm -hmm. I was hard in a thrash Mm -hmm. and I understood Ramones. I understood the basics in punk, but I didn't understand that they could, they could be tied together too much besides suicidal. And then, so AF one voice was, that's my, one of my favorite hardcore records of all time Mm -hmm. because I felt like, yeah, this is exactly what I like. <laughs> like I'm yeah. fucking, I, I was all in. And I remember peeling through like, you know, uh, cassette tape, reading the lyrics and being like, I don't understand because thrash was kind of fantasy for the most part. Worse. But not one voice. But then when Richie's talking about it, I actually felt like an idiot. I'm like, when was the last time that I even really went through and like dragged through lyrics because it's been a record in, in in like my you know my long library of loved records for so long and dude richie i don't think and that's what i was saying before we got live here richie's ability to break a record down and do the extras because what happens in to tie into what you said previously about podcasts when you have a hardcore podcast sometimes the guests just tell people like a wikipedia page well i did this and then i did this and then i did this 
and then we never get into the granule like the deep the deep end of this like what's going on here and right. richie tied in roger's prison sentence yes he tied in the players and 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 i don't think that you could really talk about a record properly singular as one person because like if richie had this conversation about one voice the story would be deviated and and, and you and i would have an influence in the outcome. But Richie taking it on his own and doing that, that was one of the coolest things I've heard on a podcast. And then to touch on to when he did Hold It Down, I had a similar scenario where Hold It Down at the time was set to be the magnum opus of Manball. This was supposed Mm -hmm. to be the record that puts them over VOD, over Earthquake. Like That was a record to say, yeah, you guys are – playing at a level but here's the mad ball record and because of freddie's upcoming prison sentence they had been doing a crazy amount of touring for demonstrate my style and mm-hmm. there was almost a moment we were kind of like oh man we have a new record already because they played so many fucking weekends in a row but hold it down was sonically so much ahead of everything that and again when he touched it i was driving i was driving to a job to and from and it's a long drive for me like way out of the city so I hit it in two shots, and I was again being like, "Yo, I would just Manball was one the last like crazy bigger show that I was at before the COVID shut everything down." And I remember being so psyched for the tracks they played off the at the FYA Fest. But he broke he broke it down. I made me feel like he made me have to want to re go in and look at a hard copy and look through the lyrics. So I mean, that was fantastic, man. That was like literally just like. <clears throat> That, well, OG, that OG gave it up. He said the seven inch was his favorite mm-hmm. from Madball. What is your favorite from Madball, John? Well, so I want to I want to say something that tough is question. Like, no, no, it's not just a tough question, but the key thing here is, and this got lost and really pissed me off because chronologically, Madball came out of the womb that was Agnostic Front and kind of became like the second incarnation when AF kind of went because they tipped Vinny involved. And the thing is, is quickly because of the record that would follow ball, which was uh, set it off. There was this like weird posy straight edge kids who started shitting on man ball and be like, this is even fucking hardcore. And it's like, no, this is the most hardcore thing. The thing is, right. is the, the turn of the decade from the late eighties into the early nineties and the way that New York hardcore was shaping into it was no longer Nike and fashion and perfect haircuts. It was grimy. And I mean, set it off. You hear that New York sound, like, you know, like it's just so fucking like an audio eruption that comes. And so I'm emotional. I, I, I like musically. I'm emotional. I, I cannot say that I've ever heard a hardcore record hit me the way set it off did because here is, the next coming of agnostic front even had guys who were in agnostic front and set it off really was that record that changed so much shit because I was a long, I, I, there's a picture of me with like a New York Yankees hat and long hair. Wow. In 95, dude, I was all in. I'm not going to see, I, see, I don't hide shit. I don't, you know, I, I, you know, like I was so in on New York hardcore from like being a death metal long hair kid. And set it off was that path. And I saw them at the JC Dobbs. And that was probably one of the craziest shows. And I and like I was a kid. 
So I'm not a full hardcore dude. I'm mostly like a metal kid. You know, I'm 14 years old. I don't think I was 14. I think I was 13 turning 14. So emotionally, set it off will always be because yeah. that like kicked that kicked open like if there was like a little bit of nervousness, like oh, I don't know, some of this hardcore stuff I don't get. I understood where set it off was coming from because it sounded like my neighborhood. And I was like, wait a minute, there's people that are playing music that I love that come from neighborhoods like we do. And that was it. Cause like I was listening to Dungeon Dragons heavy metal. I didn't want to go to, I didn't want to go to CCD class, but my mom was like, you know, you got to go to a Catholic school. So I went straight satanic black metal was starting to be cool. Like, like I was like a fucking, I was rebelling against all that and listening to all this crazy Satan music. And then I found hardcore and I was like, hold on. This is like street music. But what I was getting to is without Manball, so much of what would come in hardcore later wouldn't have been possible. And yet it is off the back of agnostic front. And so, you know, the way that you broke down them two records was kind of iconically because AF's one voice absolutely is Manball's hold it down. And you know, without AF doing all them crazy tours and starting to get to a different level and recording at something like Normandy Sound is the same way. Like, Hold It Down was way different production with a different sonic approach, but it still ended up being like the the high high watermark for Mabel at that po- point. So I would say Set Off is my favorite, but the Hold It Down, had, had they toured on it the way they toured on the the demonstrate my style record. I don't know where Mayball would be. And it kind of fucks me up in the alternate universe. What would have happened if Mayball could have really did a year and a half straight the way they used to tour back then? Well, you know what? One thing I left out of that episode was the record label and it was epitaph, right? Yeah. And uh, I, I think that was an issue. I think putting that out on epitaph didn't, didn't help that kind of album. Like people that would buy an Epitaph record almost regardless of the artist probably wouldn't have been happy with that album. If if you understand what I'm saying, you know. Was that before or after AF put those three out on on Epitaph? It was after. It was after, yeah. A, yeah, absolutely. AF, AF was first on Epitaph? AF, AF, AF reunion was December 96 and Gotta Go came out in the spring of 97. Mm, I gotcha. like Gotta Go. Gotta Go is cool. I like those three records. Yeah. I have to I th- wonder if Lars had a hand in helping writing Gotta Gotta Go. There's some really cool melodies on some of those songs it, that he It's might- actually so melodic. Yeah. And it has a hook that's on you. And that's not to diss AF in regard. I think that the coolest thing about AF is like they pound through tracks and it's super aggressive. But there was a melodic element that's not known in AF in that song. I yeah. think it at that time there was a I, I sort of remember a little bit of a backlash saying that AF was trying to jump on like the street punk kind of thing, like the, the dropkick Murphys and that stuff, that stuff was hot at the time. And yeah. my opinion was no, man, they're showing you how it's done. Cause they can do whatever they started this shit. Yeah. They, I, they, to me, they could easily get away with it and they did, but there was, I, there was, there was like some kind of resentment a little you bit. You remember that? Yeah, it, it totally. Got, it got a little bit. It was like a little there bit. Almost um, always is. And then, and then now people say, Oh, I love those three records in a row. But at the time, you know, what was and it? I, and I also gotta go dead yuppies. And what was the other one? Something's got to give. Something's got to give. Wow. Right. 
that song yeah. I, that song in particular that's a dope song so fuck out of here what yeah. about the one uh, the right right upstart that that starts off with the, the i think giuliani that's the third one that's the yes, third yeah album. yeah okay, yeah so, so yeah. it starts off with the giuliani song and they were so yeah. right about that back then like, Giuliani was a hero but they knew yeah that's fucking punk rock clown. man yeah that's that's hardcore punk rock that's a blueprint yeah, like you want you want to see how it's done. Okay, we'll show you how it's done. Yeah. So if you take a victim in pain, yeah, and that's super old school, early, like early fossil hardcore, and then you got one voice, totally different. But then you say something's got to give. Even that's totally different. And to me, those are three dope ass albums. Yes. Well, then a little totally bit later they that- did the they did the um that Warriors thing with I think Josta produced it. Which oh, is a dude. whole nother fucking thing. I'm gonna tell you that that's one Warriors of my favorite hard. records. Yeah, that's so, a hard record. So I want to touch on something that kind of plays into the deviation <clears throat> and, the, and the sonic differences in AF records. So the irony is that where where people had said in '97, like, oh, what, you know, what the fuck's up with Agnostic Front? Um, we're talking about now 25. Who years said later. that? Yeah, we'll fucking <laughs> jump. <laughs> but uh, that's been 25 years. And so the surreality to it is, is 10 years before that was the calls for alarm error for them. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and if we talk about gotta go, we got to talk about the fact that it's long been said that Pete Steele had a hand in, in, in some of the calls for alarm tracks. Mm-hmm. And so something that kind of is unconventional for punk rock, but is very conventional in rock music is that, Sometimes players like, you know, actual like the old school studio players may add a touch to a song like, hey, I've got this track. I can't use it. Maybe you guys can. And I think that's something that AF actually, you know, use easy utilize. They utilized the opportunity of having connections with people that love Agnostic Front. And we're like, I've got this track like, you know, and, and again, just to stay for the record, this is mythos. This is this is conspiracy level where. It happened to be that AF was coming back out. It happened to be that they came out with a sonic difference in Gotta Go. It's something that someone had said in a zine was like, this is almost like Lars from Rancid or someone had a hand in writing this. And it stuck with me because I remember everybody saying about Calls for Alarm and Pete Steele's influence. Mm. Now, if you look at the discography of Agnostic Front, the other thing to remember is they didn't sit at home. They didn't sit at home at all, ever. They went on fucking tours consistently. And so what has to be understood by people listening, when bands are on a contract, every two years or so, that label wants that money. They want that new record coming in. And then what happens for Europe, what happens for America is a touring cycle where a band gets to promote something new. So whereas, yeah, some of the greatest hardcore bands of all time have released a seven inch, a demo, an LP and broke up. Ag- agnostic front legacy is also in their longevity and their creativity and so yeah like what do you want do you want victim and pain for the last 40 years or do you want deviance so like when we were in europe touring we had back in the cd era still at the early 2000s that so we didn't like we didn't even have the ipod yet though we had the advanced copy of warriors because it was going to come out in europe first mm. i listened to that thing g for five weeks straight Mm-hmm. So to me, I know that record back and forth. It's really good production too on Warriors. Oh, so sick! Did, and the drumming yeah. on that, some of them. Did, had, uh, oh, so did Jasta produce band. that, or did, I think Jasta produced another voice. 
that's the one. And that was the one oh, at, okay. after yeah, those that was three, in 2007. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. 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 Asta helped produce that one from what I recall. Another voice. Just, I wasn't I too think big on another voice. Some good tracks. Some good tracks. But Warriors. Agreed. Hard. And then, then, so they had, then they did a record that I, that's, I can't remember the name of. Um, Which but one? But they almost went back to, after another voice then they did like i can't remember yeah i, I can see the cover in my head um Let me i feel like it it's the the statue of liberty black and white kind of thing old punk rock and they went back to like the roots fast fuck it you know what i mean so they they have the ability to go through and touch on the different nuances of the big culture itself you know what I mean? So they could they could do a little bit of this, do a little bit of that, do a little bit of this, and then go back to the beginning and do the. You know what I'm saying? Totally. Because they are representatives of the culture as a whole. So whereas you know, Warriors for me is not even close to the best thing they've done. I respect it, but it's it, it's touching on part of the movement that doesn't appeal to me as much. But all I got to do is wait for the next record and they're going to do some fucking 30 second fucking bangers and I'm back in. My Life, My Way is that album, I think. Exactly. Oh, yes. shit. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Check and that, that record out. rules. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was, it, it did go back, not completely, but right. it went back. It had like, it, it was more of a mix back yes. and forth, you know? Yes, yes. So Great fucking band, man. So Yo, that my life, my way. That's already 2011. That came out. That's crazy. That's, that's and, then, and we say that's old. that's that's new. That's new agnostic front. It's, it's a decade. <laughs> that might be. That also might be right at the beginning of the Craig Silverman era of AF too. Mm, could be. I'm not sure. That might be. That might be the first season one. Um. So when when we think about like we're going back to the podcast talk, so Richie was doing post America as a group and hundreds of episodes at this point, like 130 something episodes. And the, the thing about made post America interesting was that wisdom and chains as a group all had their fingers in on the production. And like, if you would go to gee, you should have seen it. If you go up to Richie's house, they cook, mm -hmm. they make all this mm -hmm. food and mm -hmm. eat like eat like a fucking savage and then you sit down and you're like holy fuck and we and you have this great conversation and you do it at the dinner table but also i've seen richie do john joseph's in the back of champions and trenton and mm -hmm. they've done episodes in europe and they've done episodes live as uh any of the east coast tsunamis were going on mm -hmm. and i think because of the fact that the dudes in that they're interviewing are band mates Mm -hmm. Of like or tour mates is a better term. They're interviewing tour mates or they're interviewing. They kind of are doing things in the moment, and because Wisdom and Chains has the relationships with everybody from Madball to Gorilla Biscuits and all these different people, there was kind of like this shared experience. Like, well, you know what I mean, Richie. You know we're on this tour together, and I think where I couldn't have that conversation because I'm not in a band. And so what happened is when COVID hit. Obviously, who wants to go to someone's house in the fucking plague era? So Richie went on this tangent of these quarantine sessions. And I somehow ended up doing the fucking guy 
from the Bronx town. It's like, what the fuck? I think Richie makes it very, Richie's very easy to talk to and let your, like, not let your guard down, but you can have, you have, you just have a conversation with them. And I think Richie, I think people who don't even know him well sense that right away. So they're, they're not as guarded as, you know, Bronx tail dude might be on, you know, entertainment tonight or whatever the fuck, you know what I mean? Because those two talked like they've known each other their whole lives. And that's a credit to Richie, not to dude. He's a good dude though, too. He's a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. No, not, no, not talk, I, I but appreciate he goes, that. I appreciate I'm that. sure he goes into it thinking like, okay, this will be an interview like this or like that, not knowing. And he was the yeah, one he who told me, he said, I wasn't <clears throat> expecting to talk about some of that shit. Right. I mean, I, and that's I, your doing. That's not his doing. You know bro, he mean? was trap calling. He was like, come on, Richie, you know what I mean? You right. know what it's like. Yeah. <laughs> right. And Richie's able to sort of uh, put that vibe out there to make yeah. it like, yo, we're cool. We're just hanging out, you know? And that's something that I think is. And trust me, I'm not faking it. I just love to talk. Of like, course. If I got and nobody, I... if I got like nothing to do, I go crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like well, if I, can... even on, on the road, if we got an eight hour drive and, and, you guys know some people just don't talk. They could shut oh, up eight it. hours and not. It drives me nuts. Like I gotta have somebody to bullshit with if somebody's around. If I like, if I don't like the person, and we're yeah. my, my business. The new, the new way these kids and people tour now. I don't even want to ever do a tour ever. Yeah, for it, real. Because they all sit on phones and everyone listens their own music, and there's no connection. There's no getting to know somebody. It's just like. Everybody in your own bullshit corner. Now you, you know, know what's what? crazy. There's no, there's no ball breaking anymore. No, you there's no. You can't. Ball. You can break balls. Um, but so, so was, well, something oh. just dawned on me that I think that both your podcasts sort of address. You address different levels of connection. So Richie is has a connection with the people on his show that are that is like. Um, casual sitting th that vibe you were describing of of sitting down at dinner and then bullshit and that comes across from from the thing the show that richie does bullshit you know whatever whatever joe's podcast sort of is like that two o'clock in the morning kind of like now you're starting to get into some shit with somebody that's what joe's podcast is so it's two different levels of personal connection yeah and you know Joe's what i mean really good at his home he he does his homework really I mean, good yeah I do really cheat, good i do the cheat sheet and i like i also believe that you know having i don't know how many like i i used to not follow so many hardcore podcasts because i would hear a guy who i want to hear so many different layers to them like an onion and instead it was so how's your last record? And what's and it, and it felt like a promo more than any kind of discussion. And, and yeah. having been on the side of the mic where I'm trying to talk about this is hardcore, I felt like the person asking me questions was going through like the 90s zine. Here's question one. No matter what I said at question one, they were asking question two. Right. And so I, I didn't enjoy the output of hardcore podcasts. You know what? What's crazy is it's like I know that Broad Street Breakdown talks about hardcore because you guys all loving it, but it's not in the cadence of like hardcore podcasts. What was fun about Broad Street Breakdown was putting it on while I'm at work, and I felt like I was hanging out with my friends, even though 
I'm grinding fucking concrete walls or um, patching this stupid wall and I need to kill time. And you guys had me laughing the same way in that cadence with Richie when all them guys would bring a PA Ray on. And there was like, mm. I felt like I was having fun with my friends. Mm. And then like, I got so excited about this COVID stuff because other people were putting out stuff. It takes a lot to listen to a guy who's asking good questions from people, but they do it for 35 minutes. How deep can you go? And maybe I'm just like yeah. that dude, but I want to know the whole thing. I want to know the little detail because like what you were, we were talking about with the AF and we we're talking about with Madball. that little detail, that little Freddie Madball, or that rather Roger man, Roger from AF rather had Richie not talked about Roger's prison sentence, the whole cadence to the record would have been different. And I think that him touching on that is important. So like at first when I was doing the podcast, it was, well, you know, I don't need to talk to Ray Capo because everyone's talked to him. I don't need to talk to Ian McKay because everyone knows what he's going to say. So I started in one direction and then it was actually Richie, his fault that we started talking. We did the second episode with Richie on here and we were talking about why hardcore didn't get commercially as successful, but how our culture has such deep roots and how every bit of music still lends itself and borrows from our culture. And then I realized if I was a 21 year old kid or like the kids from MH chaos who listen every week and all these different younger kids who now check in and tell me, listen every week, they don't actually know the prerequisite of what me and Richie know. So I started going deeper just so people could catch up. So we could all have a conversation like you were all having. When I talk mm -hmm. to you, G or I talk to Richie, we all know what each other are talking about. So we can kind of talk more evenly. Yeah. So I, I started getting deep just so the listener for every week knows what we know, or here's the kind of perspective. But I got to say like <laughs> the envious thing I have with both of you guys is like, sometimes the part of me would like to take a second and just be in the mix but I have to be on point. So while the person is giving me whatever answer and telling their story, I have like a chain of events in my head. Like, okay, do we ask this question? Do we go here? And I know enough about the person I'm speaking with that depending on the outcome of the question and when they top off, I have like a three second window where I have to fire the next thing where I listen to you guys laughing and you're chopping it up and you guys have such a good time. And it's like, I'm on point and I, I really love a deep conversation, but the, sh the, the moment is like, fuck, if I ask a dumb question, I, I sound like a retard and B uh, it could uh, stifle the direction of the conversation. So I envy your get like both you guys have your own gang. You guys have like the whole gimmick. Like, you know, you like you guys literally have the gimmick gang, which then ruined my entire vernacular because kind of John has slid to the second word. A gimmick is now the all word for everything because of the fucking <laughs> podcast. And then I talk to people from other places. And they're like, where did gimmick come from? I'm like, my boys in the podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's that's why I love Broad Street Breakdown, too, because I don't know if it's like an East Coast thing or or whatever, but it's just like it's it's nobody breaks balls anymore. Nobody has, you know what I mean? Nobody has these type of like relationships that you could see, like they could, you could attack your friend like pretty harshly, but it's, it's all right. It's okay. Like, you know what I mean? And I, I remember when I started hanging out with friends of friends and then I was, they were like, yo, oh, I was talking to so-and-so that'd be the friend of the friend to my real friend. Like, <coughs> yo, 
Yo, why are you so mean to him? Why are you so mean? And in my head, I'm thinking like, wow, I really like that dude. I thought I was just being like, like playful and funny. And that's Broad Street Breakdown. The way they attack each other is, <laughs> I love that shit. That's like, and it's why has it not been on so long? Like, what the hell's going on? Uh, Vinny was doing his new record that's coming out. This guy puts out. I think it's coming out. Yeah, I mean, how is this even po- possible? And all quality stuff, like yeah. high level lyricism, and so many songs a year. It, it blows my mind. I, I can't. Does he have his own studio? He has a studio that he's been dealing with for many years. Um, he has his time allotted that he goes every week. And he's been very, uh, the last few years, he's been very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Dedicated? No. Dedicated? Proficient? Uh, oh, uh, proficient. Uh, yeah, like he, his, his output has been, he's, yeah, he, he came to crazy. a point where he was like, fuck, I got all these ideas again. You know what I mean? And and for somebody who's been doing it for, you know, 20, whatever years, it's, it, it you know, you, you, I, I would imagine you start to, you get lulls with it. And he got to a point where it was just coming and coming and coming and coming. And he's still on that, you know? Yo, he probably has in the last three years more quality material than household name guys had for the last 20 years. And I'm not even like, yo, I'm I'm like a rap guy. I love rap, but I, I and I'm and I'm also a musician, believe it or not. So I, I it's it's so hard for me to believe that he puts out that much stuff, like without sacrificing the quality. So it's it's impressive, man. And then yeah, I guess I guess that is a good reason not to do the podcast. But come on, Vinny, get back there. He's, he's been doing that, and Pablo got a new job, and like the schedules are just weird. And I'm kind of just like. I'll do whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you guys, you guys tell me. So it's like, you know, this, that, the other thing. And Xavier, my, my oldest son has been on. Um, Dude, he took over, past. man. He's been doing great with that cameos and shit on that show. Yeah, yeah. What he, a great it's, idea. It's interesting, you know, he, he came on, I guess, the first time with that idea. And then he, we just kept having him on because it was interesting having him in that position because he's completely in a on a different life level than we are he's he's he just turned 21 he's young he's not into anything we're into he's into his own shit you know what i mean and it's interesting to get his sort of perspective on things sometimes and you know sometimes he doesn't has no idea what the fuck we're talking about it's talking about goddamn uh you know fucking the first negative approach seven inch or something he's like i don't know what the fuck you're talking about but you know he it's it worked out well and um you know, Yo, how, is he, how is he with the ball breaking as a young? He gets it, but not as hard. But he also he goes after Pablo sometimes. He has some good moments. How is he with his friends? Have you noticed him with his friends? Is it that same kind of dynamic? It's anymore? not what really? we. It's not what we do. No, no. Uh-uh. And he, you know, I mean, he's known Vinny and uh, Pablo from the day he was born. You know, so he he's comfortable with them and whatever, and he'll take shots at Pablo and whatever. Pablo handles it good though. He what, what Yo, good when right? Vogel starts ripping on Pablo, it's always so like that's how you knew the show was taken off. The straight up the first time Vogel was in town and he's like going at Pablo. It's fucking great. You're like, yo, Pablo's witty though. He got some good, he got some good comebacks, yo. <laughs> he's Pablo is is push comes to shove, he's the funniest person I know. He's a funny dude. 
he makes me laugh every time. So I see Pablo, even during the, the pandemic, I, I've seen him once a week. He comes up to the shop, you know, usually every Saturday, unless something's going on with his kids or whatever, whatever. But it, it, there has not been a time where I've been with him where he doesn't make me laugh, you know, 10 times. He's the funniest motherfucker I know. Yeah, he seems like the type of guy that feels like obligated, like I'm going to make my my friends crack up a little bit. Like it's almost like. I mean, fuck, we can. <laughs> we can analyze why he is the way he is but yeah wow, very different. interesting guy like because you know i don't yeah. know Pablo very well at all but it's like listening to him on a thing and then the whole cheapo uh the whole cheapo skits mm-hmm. like jesus that's man. all legit you know that those things came it's from so awesome man well those things came from the this you know i guess we've known each other since um i guess 89 ish mm. And everything on the the show has grown from an organic uh, sort of ball busting amongst ourselves thing. So the Pablo, the cheap Pablo thing has been a thing for us for ever. And we just, you know, like we just made it into a stupid thing for the podcast, but it's really a thing. It's brilliant. That's why it's so funny because it's confirmed it's yeah, authentic man. this is real like the yeah, this, <laughs> come on I, this is like it's almost it's almost like a disease i but wish that i could no say harm, that we we sort of um created amped it up yeah, yeah it's not nothing about it is it's very incredible it's as real as it gets yeah well like from a from a one-man show dissecting both of your guys shows if you guys did what what is like really popular in podcasting now, where people go, you know what? I've got an idea that I think people would listen to. Let's do a podcast. And they like there's a bunch where it's like the blank and the blank, the fighter to the kid, the girl, the dude, you know, two guys on the there's always like these gimmick names and this like posture where they know they're starting as a gimmick, but they're hoping that it's a popular one because now that there's like Oh, I got Fiscal you. Like setting the characters up ahead of exactly. Time. Yeah, gotcha. And it's like it is actually the supplement and the replacement to the morning radio jock show, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. But like the cadence in as a as a as a listener to both of your shows, the cadence is that you all have a familiarity, and so jokes are real, ball busting is real, and there's a symbiotic kind of relationship to how the show flows because everybody's in on where it's going and i've actually listened to a couple things that are not organically built like that where they're not friends since 1989 and i mean richie that's not too much far off from how long you've known mav and Mm. i know joe you like so like you guys have these time there's such time in that it allows you guys to communicate in a way that it, it flows so well from the listener's perspective and i think like um I think, I mean, you've had different people on, like, I know you had Chris X on before, you mm-hmm. know, like you guys, but I think the, if, well, you, I guys wanted did, to... if you guys did guests more often, it mm-hmm. would take away from that Howard Stern. Like I always said, would be like, what's Broadtree? Like, I'm like, imagine the hardcore show, the hardcore uh, Howard Stern. Like everybody has their, they have actual segments in the show. And be they careful. And though. Every... I don't think OG likes Howard Stern. I, I love Howard, except oh, okay, in, okay. until he, <laughs> until he <laughs> became a different uh human yeah 
Yeah, and, my, and I'm I, look, man, I'm glad for him. But w- him interviewing, you know, George Clooney straight, it's just not for yeah, me. It's corny. It's you know corny. what I'm saying? Yeah, it's man corny, right? I had you, my. That's I'm I'm jealous of, of the Broad Street breakdown because it's kind of like. I don't like when the guys were always when when me Chris and Joe were always together, it was that vibe more, and then since, like we when we first started it was us three and we get a, a person interview. Then after a while we said all right we don't need we don't have to force an interview we could just and we did so many episodes with just the three of us and it was more that vibe. But once this whole thing started and I didn't see the guys around anymore, it was kind of gets- I missed that element of just being. We didn't, I didn't need, like, if I have a guest now, I kind of need to at least prepare a little bit. Before, when mm. we did a podcast, we did, I didn't, no preparation was needed, you know, it was just a, a good time, you know. This is ve- what we're doing right now is very similar to what we do on um, the Brushy Breakdown podcast. We don't have an agenda when we go in. Yeah. And I mean, the three of us tonight were like, okay, I'm pushing record, you know, and it was that yeah. I think is that's where you get quality. You know what I mean? And that's where you get real stuff. Now, it's not to say that you're not going to jot down like something to remind, like, I want to bring this up kind of thing, just because otherwise you'll forget. You know what I mean? But Mm -hmm. there's something about a group of people, you know, two, three, four, however many people having an organic conversation that I think is missing in podcasts in general. Yeah. And this is awesome. But imagine if we were at the same table, it would not forget it. Yeah, yeah and that's man. that's that's great. Like that's that's then that's what's great about the Broad Street Breakdown is you guys, you know, when you when you're all what are you usually at your house? Until COVID. Yeah. Until COVID. Yeah, we were at my house. Yeah. I mean, that's, and then, so, we and then just... people would walk in and then you're talking to people and then <laughs> the person's yelling at somebody like <laughs> that's crazy, man. I love that. Yeah, it it, it I guess we said early, you know, I remember one time early on, we took a break and when we came back from the break, I was fucking starving. So I was like, look, man, I need to, I'm going to eat a bowl of cereal or whatever the fuck. And Pablo's <laughs> like, oh, I guess we'll wait for you to eat a bowl of cereal. And I was like, you know what? Nah, let's do it. So from that time, we, we made a rule. Like you just go about what you're doing, man. Like we're all sitting here. You got to go take a piss, go take a piss. You got to fucking, you know what I mean? I'll pick up my whole rig and go downstairs and step outside and have a cigarette. Like while I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like we ain't yeah. pausing shit. We ain't doing nothing. We're just going. That's beautiful. And we were a little bit afraid that people were going to be like, oh man, fucking. but I guess people enjoyed that aspect I, of it. You know what I mean? I actually, I actually know why they enjoy it. And it's because someone had said that having no human interaction it's hard because besides some people, and this is something that fucked me up because I've worked my ass off during COVID. Mm-hmm. My friend was like, I don't really go out. I might talk on the phone, but not too often. So those who are producing podcasts where there's you, the actual organic conversations and there's familiarity and there's this like good camaraderie, the person listening has the opportunity to share. It's kind of like, you know, a fly on a wall. And I've been told this, and I didn't think that was plausible. It was one of my my concerns was just just me talking for four hours. It didn't hit me that people said, oh, you know, I felt like I was right in the conversation. So what had Mm. happened was I was at that Philly hardcore swap meet. Mm. And 
and a friend of mine who he doesn't, you know, he doesn't get out a lot and doesn't have a job because of COVID. He's like, dude, I've gone so hard into pot. He's like, I went from no podcast. Like I don't have time to listen. He's like, I don't even care how long anything is. I just want to listen to it. He's like, and I feel like I'm still connected. Broad Street Breakdown gives me the friendship and the hangs when like that. I was on a nuclear job in the summertime two years ago. And I caught up on like 10 episodes in a row mm. in that time frame. And I felt like still like, cause I don't feel, I don't know, Richie. I mean, I know Richie does, Richie does the same kind of work that I do, but what Richie does is he mixes. A lot of times he physically is mixing insane amounts of concrete and from bags because of the mm. small quarters. Mm. Really? He, it's a small quarters where those guys are at. So like, there's no like, Oh, we'll get a pump. It's easier just for these fucking goons and mix it. So I don't think Richie has the same like time where I get sent like by myself, like on special missions, mm. climb up off this thing, grind this whole area, patch this, make this look nice. Or it's, Hey, climb up in here and the concrete's finished. But we need you to make it look good grind. And so I have all this alone time where I'm completely separated from humanity. And all mm. I have is what's in my ears and what's in front of me. And that's mm. actually what got me even listening to podcasts. So I think both of your podcasts having that, like, that group connection, it kind of uplifted me. So I understand why when you're saying like, you didn't think people would care. It's because people are trying to connect and they're trying to have also, you know what? And let's really dial this into hardcore again. We're all from a tribe of people that like, if you have a good family, then you have cousins like Richie, Richie's got, he's got a star studded family. He's got the brother who's got the book, you know, he's got all this Mm -hmm. stuff going on. In the sense where Richie has a good family connection. Mm-hmm. I don't have, I love my sister. I love, I love their kids. I love mm-hmm. my, you know, I love my daughters, you know, like that's all I got, you know what I mean? Like, and I have my friends as my family. But if you don't have a lot of people in your universe, you know, that like, if you don't have a lot of people in your universe, how can you, you know, relate to the rest of the world? And so many hardcore people are like, how many times do you think, like, have you seen the same guy at a show by himself? He never had a wife. He never showed up a girlfriend and you take it for granted. Cause you're like, Oh yeah, he's at the show. And then you realize like this person hardcore is it's own their only outlet, you know? That's why I buy everybody drinks. <laughs> Serious. I always, if you see a person more than like two times and you're still not saying what's up, you know what I mean? Like at least it's just weird to me. Like, come on, introduce yourself buy a drink, you know, talk a little bit, something. There's a kid who I saw, uh, maybe two years, um, before COVID and I would see him at certain shows. He's a long hair kid, kind of nondescript. I, I'm not sure if he's there with anybody or not, but I kept seeing him at shows and I keep saying to myself, like, I want to say what's up to this kid. I mean, he's a young dude, you know, he goes to a lot of, um, I would see him at Mike shows a lot at, at please die shows a lot. And this kid is so into it, man. And this kid makes me so happy to see him. You know what I mean? And yeah. he has no idea. He has yeah. no idea because yeah. for whatever fucking reason, I'm too fucking grumpy to go over and say hello to yeah. this fucking kid. And plus I'm fucking I'm old enough to be his fucking father. I don't want to come off like some <laughs> kind of fucking whatever, but Hi. I just I, I, <laughs> right. <OG. laughs> that right. get so, creepy. Right. So I, I just like watching this kid, man, like living it and loving it. And it makes me so happy. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
And yeah. if I ever see this kid again, I, maybe I'll say hello. To just him. do it. Yeah, just do it. Yeah. Or send Pablo up to do it. Pablo's right, good. right. He's, he's a good guy to break the ice. <laughs> right. No, you, Joe's right, though. There's a lot of weirdos, a lot of loners, a lot of mentally kind of whacked out people in the scene. And, you know, maybe uh, the three of us are included. So I know. Him, yeah. I mean, a yeah, podcast, of course. Like, I call like I call you guys 20 killer. hours a week. So I know I'm fucked. <laughs> <laughs> we, we we I mean, that's what this is, isn't it? Yeah. It's but you know what else about about Broad Street Breakdown that that people feel connected with is like the Internet stuff that goes on in between, like the stuff on Facebook and those groups, which I, yeah. I always get like, geez, I feel like I get attacked if I say anything. I just keep my mouth shut in there. Like some of those guys. I are, wouldn't let are, anybody attack you, Richard. <laughs> nah, no, I'm teasing. But, but now there's right people, out. there's diehard people in there and they know the, they know the rules. And, and it's like they cooperate. <laughs> Like, oh, I can't say that. Like, that's off limits to talk about. This is okay. And they go along with it, and it's like a little community, man. It's really dope. And that goes on whether you do a podcast once a week or there's a big gap in between. So that's a great thing to keep it, like, you know, keep the tease going to the listeners and stuff. Yo, man, hashtag gimmick gang. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> it's, it's, very, um, it's very humbling that anyone gives a shit what you know like because when we started we sort of assumed wrongly that we would have a built-in um audience because of Vinny and what he does after the first two or three episodes we got so much backlash from diehard Vinny people because they wanted Vinny to talk about rap and Vinny's like that's not what I'm doing here we almost had to build a new group of people who were interested in the show itself as weird as that sounds you know and yeah, I, think you're, I, I think you're right like, i don't really notice like a big like i mean like they're casual hip-hop listeners they definitely yeah, love Vinny, yeah. but yes. like the people that are like the gimmick gang people not necessarily like <laughs> die hard deep hip-hop heads from what i could tell so, yeah, Agreed. That's true, man. And, I, and, and I've made a couple of legitimate friends from from people listening. And I mean, that's that's a heavy thing, man. You know what I mean? At, at our age, like making a new friend, like it's yeah. it's yeah. it doesn't happen as often as when you're younger. Odds you know what I mean? Against that. Yeah. 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 You know, and I've made some legitimate connections with some people who just because they listen to this stupid fucking podcast, you know, and that's that's cool. What else can you ask for? really you know yeah. i mean there's some people that are a pain in the ass and there's some people who are rude and fucking whatever but the the good people far outweigh that you know and i you know i i, I have people's numbers in my phone that i text with who i didn't know previous to this and that's that's a blessing man you know yeah that is cool <clears throat> have you have you ever got either you guys ever got like like uh complaints like uh, any any like people get insulting with you messages or Zach Barone with anything you've you've done. <laughs> Zach Barone is Zach Barone criticizes everything. I think yeah. Yo, always... so it's eight thirty in the morning on Friday. Which by the way, I post on my lunch break the graphic. That, so like whenever I'm at lunch with that day that Friday, that's when I put the post up. Yes. But the but the shit goes live at like four in the morning. Because work dudes, number one, I like to drive in. And that's how I found out the juice episode was fucked. 
because I'm listening to it in my car and I'm like, oh my God, it's fucked. I had to take it down and fix it. <laughs> you were probably bugging out so hard too. I was like, ruined my whole day. My whole day was shot. I was like calling Juice and apologizing. He wouldn't answer. I'm like, he's so mad at me. And he's like, no, nah, man, I was busy. I can't get, get to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care when it comes out, man. <laughs> but uh, like, uh, Zach hits me at 30. You know what? You need to do better with the audio. And wow. I'm reading this and I'm like, it's an Instagram DM. He's like, no. you know, you've been doing this too long to have these kind of mistakes. And instead <laughs> of being like, who the fuck is this guy? I, I did the Jocko take ownership and say, hey, man, I'm sorry. I'll try to do a better job. And it was actually I went on the YouTube for my microphone. and found out my microphone was backwards. Yeah. And so Zach was right. But it's like it he was right. The, the gimmick that comes from Zach and the people that love the show is like Richie texted me the other day, like, oh, is there a couple cutouts? I'm like, yeah, unfortunately, there's a little bit. Like, I like that the people that listen weekly feel like they can say, hey, what's up with this? Because what's the metric? What's the metric of success and failure is people listening and telling you how they feel about it. Mm. And so if someone were to hit me up tomorrow and say, I don't like what you asked, or I feel like you should have also asked this. And I, I got that from hard Carl because he was best friends with Darren Walters, but like Carl wants to talk about things that are connected to him and Darren that probably wouldn't cross my mind to ask, so to speak. But I, yeah, I, I, Zach Barone is currently uh, the board director of a complaints yeah, that are immediately and but what's great is it's an hour into the like it's not even, <laughs> maybe i know maybe i'm wrong maybe people are listening i mean there are people that listen before i post the, the 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 instagram link and all that stuff like that but like he's on the he's on the ball friday morning oh you know what joe McHenry's good he hit me the other day he's like where's the episode i'm like joe it's thursday he's like oh shit i'm on 12 hour days i totally fucking oh, forgot oh my god <laughs> he's like, what, what's McHenry. going on with the episode <laughs> McHenry's my favorite man I love it. Was, shout out. It was his birthday this weekend. But yeah. Yeah. McHenry's another one where like uh, Richie, I don't know if you Richie will send me, yo, man, you're killing it. Richie's like the quiet support. And me and him, I talk for those listening. Me and G break down the episode every week. And because mm-hmm. of that, without G giving me the pluses, the minuses, how he reacted so much influence of what I would think about in the next episode would come out. And I mean, we're. So this is like 30 something weeks of me and you talking once a week, just about mm-hmm. that last episode. And I appreciate the fuck out of that. And I love you for it. And like, for those listening, we there was a time where we all went and ate food and then we're like, fuck, we got to walk around. And I'm like, you know what? We need to still kill some time. Let's all hang out. We all just showed up at your shop and all just hung out in the steps for mm-hmm. hours and just bullshit it. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I, I appreciate the, in, I appreciate the insight of my friends in telling me where things go sour on a podcast. And, um, it's it's just a thing like where people from post America now know Crazy Ray, who was a kid who I was in a van with. I was in a van with them going to Detroit for our first time and going to Massachusetts for our first time. And, you know, when he came out of prison, yeah, he sounds different. He looks different, but it's still my 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 brother, you know, still a kid. I, you know, we did our first road trips with in the Dysphoria van. And it's Richie tells me like people in Europe know who fucking Ray is. It's awesome. <laughs> I, I in, love the, it. in the same way, where like Broad Street, Vogel straight up making fun of fucking Pablo backstage at the Judge Wisdom show, and like this, like I love it. Vogel might be Vogel might be the biggest <laughs> Pablo mark there is actually. Yeah, 
Local yeah, local. They, they have a whole text thing going on. They got a whole thing, man. The two of them. So, I, I, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think both you guys are right with this. Um, people want to connect. So you remember when we were young? I don't know if you guys ever got wrapped up in it, but we, I would listen to um, talk radio at night. Yes. And I used to I love that to... one crazy dude. What's it was like? He he, he had yeah yeah uh, the the uh, UFO dude. Oh uh-huh. him him too him too the uh, Bob Grant. I used to listen to Bob Grant. Yeah man, Maniac. I would listen you to him? I would listen to anything yeah. talk radio. You know what I mean? And there was um Joe. What was the what was the Philly station? I keep thinking KYW, but there was a uh, there was a AM. couple that there was a couple AM ones. But yeah, I listened yeah, that... to. I listened to KDU very early in the nineties because that was Drexel's music station. Yeah. So that, so unfortunately that's the first thing that comes to me, but it's not the right answer. I can't remember, but they would have, they would have the same um, disc jockey on at different shifts. You know what I mean? So the late night guy would get all the fucking maniacs who were up at one in the morning, fucking calling about whatever, whatever. So it didn't matter. Point is it didn't matter what the subject was, what they were talking about. You just, I just wanted to hear that interaction of people and listen in on something. And I think podcasting on some level has taken the place of that. Yeah. Yeah. I used to love that talk radio too. I think you were talking about coast to coast with what's his name? That's the UFO. Yes. Yeah. What's his name, Joe? Was it Bob Costa? Is that what is it? No. no. I'm at the coast to coast with something is the dude's name. Something with an A, Allen something. Yeah. I can't remember. The, the coolest thing about him was the, the people that would call in were off the wall. Maniacs. They, yeah, <laughs> like they would give you fucking... stories of, like, it could be a ghost story. Yo, you know, man. Yeah. The government's yeah. after them. Men yes. in black. Everything. Yo, yeah, it's still man. going. It's yeah, still yeah, going. It's still going. It still goes. I still listen to talk radio on Sirius Radio. All, all my things are still mm. weird, usually political stuff. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I always did love talk radio. And the guy, Bob Grant. I was obsessed with him when I was young because he would yell at everybody that called in. He would go crazy on them. Art Bell. And, uh, Art, Art Bell. Bell. Art Bell. Yep. You yep. said the A. Yep. That was good. Yeah, Art yeah, Bell. yeah, yeah. Art wow. Bell, man. That takes me Yeah, he would, have, like, he would have fucking maniacs calling him. Yeah, really cool. You could probably Google and, like YouTube his stuff, and I bet there's like some key like classic oh, call-in. Yeah, because yeah there's got to be. I remember he had a yeah. regular caller who would call in every week and then he went missing or something and he kept calling yeah. out to dude or something, whatever dude's was, name yeah. was like, Bobby, you got to call in, man. You got to, uh, we yeah. haven't heard from you. Last we heard you, 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 <laughs> there was a black van outside. <laughs> and like, and all the other callers would call in and be like, yeah. I, I believe I might've saw yes. Bobby in Indianapolis yes. at a rest yes. stop. Yes. No, you didn't. That, Some, yeah, that's 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 kind of like it, it does it like satisfy that appetite, you know, like. Yeah, I think so. Like, that would be our generation anyway, you know. That right. Definitely. And I yeah, think I especially uh, fuck, man, in the last year with COVID, like who doesn't need to connect to something? Totally. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anything. I've been hearing like, that a lot. Fuck, man. You know, I want to I wanted to bring up real quick before it gets off track from our topic. It doesn't surprise me that the Vinny rapper fans mm-hmm. aren't going to get the broad treat. But the mm-hmm. thing is, is 
I mean, obviously, um, I, I told Sean where Vinny Paz got his name from, Sean Agnew, one day. He said, mm-hmm. wait, that's not his actual real last name? Like, no, it's mm-hmm. not his fucking name. <laughs> and, and the thing is, is there's, there's Vinny Paz Jedi mind tricks. Mm-hmm. But that's not Vinny. Like, that's, that's Vinny with the mic in his hand or got a couple of drinks in him. But the real Vinny is like, I remember at a random party, he had a friend and I had a friend and it was my friend, Stoney, who's now dead, his cousin. Yeah. And we're at this house. And next thing you know, I'm like, that's fucking Vinny Paz. So, mm. you know, did you know, to, did you know Vinny at this point? Yeah, I knew him enough oh. to say what's up. But, you know, okay. you gotta remember is at that time, 98 to 2002, Vinny mm. was a Philadelphia fucking celebrity. And he was yeah. out and about a lot. And yeah. you might see him chopping it on South Street. But what the fuck am I? I'm a weird ass little kid in hardcore. And he's mm. Vinny Paz and he's Jedi mind tricks. And every, you know, like he had a clout that he didn't have to swing around, but it was evident. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And dudes were like, nah, he's a hardcore dude. Who's a hardcore dude? Listen to the references. And it was in the early 2000s that I ended up in a party with him. And he's quiet. And he's thoughtful. And he's got good jokes. And I think, like, you know, like, I, you know, I straight, you know, I straight up bullied him by making him passes and sticking it on the wall and taking a picture. But like, come to this is hardcore. Because mm-hmm. he was so socially worried about getting punished or mm-hmm. just being like, oh, it's going to be too many people and whatever. Mm-hmm. So like the Vinny that I know, the Vinny that you guys grew up with, isn't going to put on a show on the on the on the podcast for these rap people, you know? Because I right. think his I think his art is completely <clears throat> separated from who he is when he's able to talk and communicate to his friends. And I actually we've talked about this where his friends are kind of like his outlet away from that world, so he's not like overwhelmed with us being like he has to be Vinny Paz in public. Yeah. I, yes. I, I think, um, I think that he at times um, struggles with that. I, I, I don't want to speak out of turn, but kind of like, is it worth it to go here and potentially have to deal with this? And most times he decides not to, you know, and um I think you're right. I think that there is something to be said for, I mean, I've, I've known Vinny since he was 12, literally. Wow. And I, I never, I don't remember so much of that time. I do and I don't. And, but Vinny will tell me really vivid memories he has. And I never looked at Vinny as like a younger dude. You know, I was never that dude. I was always like, Oh, he's cool. He can come around, whatever. And I mean, fuck, man, I got stories going back with the two of them for 30, whatever it is, 30 something years, you know, and I don't see I'm very proud of what Vinny has accomplished. And I'm very proud of him every time he does a new thing. But I that's not the reason that I like Vinny. I love Vinny because I because I love him and I've known him most of my life at this point. What I was getting at more so is like the crowd that Vinny has mm. is it gonna oh, get right, right. is it gonna get that there's more to him as a human and that yeah. the dude has he has this super computer brain where like he has a computer iPod in his brain for every single record every single this yeah so archival that there's a depth to him that I don't think those guys I don't think he, like his 
I mean, you see some of his fans are like legitimately out of their fucking mind, whacked three hours before the doors open at the truck. <laughs> you know, like they yes. don't understand that this dude can actually talk about records from the late 60s, early 70s, knows every single heavy metal record. And so I could totally see them being like, this ain't my mini pass. This is like, you know, this ain't the, this ain't the, like, you know, like, and not get that he's not trying to bring on and be like whatever popular hip hop shows are out. Like, um, not trying to bring on dudes and do freestyles. Like, he wants to talk about, you know, funny shit. And you guys definitely had a Stern vibe. And I think as even earlier on, we're talking a lot about Stern. And I think that I don't know if that world even knows what Howard Stern is. No, you're right. You're right, because you could imagine, like, uh, just a straight hip-hop head, a fan of his music, is like, oh, Vinny has a podcast, let me check this out. And what's he, he you know, he thinks he's going to hear some shit about X, Y, and Z, and then he's hearing about Minor Threat and Exodus. It's kind of, it's going to throw them for a loop, man. So yeah, we- I wonder, I wonder how you did end up with, like, the, the people that, like, the gimmick gang, like, what was their like draw in the beginning? I'd love to know. Was it was it with their was, casual casual Vinny Paz? But did they know there would be a connection with punk rock and metal and hardcore? Or did they just like was it a pleasant surprise? You know, I don't know. I, I don't know. I would imagine on some that they were aware of Vinny on some level, but not like the the super fans. Yeah. Not saying that they don't like his output, but. We in the beginning, we would get a lot of feedback saying, I can't believe Vinny knows that record, that band, that whatever. So, it's those like, people are man, definitely sticking around, those people that like to work, yeah, by, you yeah. know. And it was like, yeah, and I feel like early on, we ad- I addressed, I was like, yo, man, like, you know, that me and Vinny were at Bad Brains in 198, like the quickness tour at the fucking um. What's the name of that joint? That's not there anymore. Whatever the fuck, you know what I mean? With, with you, you know what I'm saying? Like that's that's how we came up. Vinny's a punk rock kid. He's a horror kid. Yeah. Who who had a, a, a interest in in I, like we all do different genres, different whatever, under the umbrella of underground stuff, and he fell into hip hop and and fell into it hard, and he he made something of himself. But if you look at his work ethic and his um um the way he does business business. it's punk rock rock. it's so fucking diy and so yes you know uh for those listening we're talking about vinnie paz from jedi mind tricks vinnie and vinnie and jedi mind tricks was an ensemble group for a bit and then after one of the main guys just law wasn't singing vinnie did three or four lps where it was him with a ton of people jumping on, he also had a super group army of the Pharaohs, which to me harkened back that like boom bop era. Like, honestly, it was just like what I always, when people are like, well, what's that about? I'm like, picture if like Wu-Tang Clan didn't get corny and it had like dudes that were like legitimately rapping about crazy, insane shit. And army went off to do a ton of LPs. And then Vinny was like, at some point, like, you know, I'm doing these army records. And he had one with just a lot came back and that was it. Then he started dropping his solo stuff. So back to what Richie's saying about his output, when Vinny kind of got his head clear and he got on a, a roll, he has Army stuff. He's got Heavy Metal Kings with Ill Bill. He has the Vinny Paz LPs. And then he took back the power, so to speak, and he runs his own – he runs 
the label. You know, like they're he he has control of his own output, and it's actually and more big. punk that's rock. Real big. That's so fucking punk rock in oh, a world yeah. where like hip hop dudes are trying to like post with money, and like Vinny has some of these craziest videos. Uh, and now with his YouTube channel, and now he's got the Patreon. You're just gonna see him create more kind of content and stay vibrant in it. Also on top of it, and this is another thing that goes back to Vinny. I know this sounds like a Vinny Markout uh, episode, but like, how crazy is his just overall boxing information to the point now where? Yes, he can easily running, do a boxing podcast. He's doing one now, Rich. He's got oh, a is Patreon. He? He's got a Patreon where you can get the boxing podcast, and it's like if you knew Vinny, like. You listen to and his I, lyrics. Like, I love how he clowns too. on the UFC. I love that shit. <laughs> <laughs> fucking but, rolling so, around. No, no offense, Joe. No offense. <laughs> rolling listen, around is all right. It's it's Saturday. It's Saturday nights in COVID, where normally I'm at a show or me and you are linking up to eat. You know, so like, I I show up. I got I'm in the jujitsu world, and at the time that was the only thing rolling was like me going to jujitsu with Carl. And working and Saturday nights, I would cook food and watch UFC because there ain't no show to go to. But like, I'm telling you this right now on some shit. The minute the world opens back up, I'm not sitting at home at 730 at night being like, oh, I can't wait for the fights. I hope I'm going a fucking show every week or out with my friends and yeah. just have to break. How many times do we just get together on a Saturday night and break bread? You know, or like, yo, we got to uh, do we, that again. We could do that. I mean, well, and I mean, you didn't come down with us yet, but I mean, G will tell you. When we go to Villa, dude, we oh, do it right. I heard about it. I heard about it many times. We do Villa right. We do it deep, and the foods. Everyone's got appetite. <laughs> Them ladies are so great. What's what your do you go-to? What do you go to at Villa? What's your What's the main course? You got anything regular or no? Me? Yeah. I always get ravioli. Ravioli, yeah. toss salad. That's beautiful. That's a beautiful yeah, thing, man. Joe. You sometimes got a I get it. Sometimes I get a side of linguine with it too. Mix it all yeah. up. Ravioli and linguine. Wow. Fuck nice. yeah. Listen, so you like this little bit of that. It's like a thicker ravioli then. It's like more pasta than the inside. It's like you're doubling up the pasta itself. Yes. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. Rich, it's my Italian Rich, side, Rich. You, you, you've eaten with Barletti, Mike Hooligan. <laughs> and if he says something's dynamite or he says something the best, it's it's accurate. Like he's my Yelp. So as he's like, <laughs> this is clearly the best meatball in Philadelphia. It's dynamite. Really? Dude, Barletti, Barletti should have his own book. Like, there should be like the Zagat rating and then the Barletti rating. <laughs> so, Joe, what's says, your go-to at Villa, though? What's your go-to at Villa? Do I'm either doing one? lasagna or rigatone. I always get a meatball. We always get extra garlic bread. And then depending on mm-hmm. uh, what else is going around, because you got to remember is, and, and gee, what was there, 12, 15 of us sometimes. So mm-hmm. you might hear someone order, yo, give me one of them, too. Let me get let yeah. me try that. Like, fuck, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. <laughs> what part of Philly is it in? What part of Philly? South. South. The Italian market. Course, it's in the Italian go. market. Yeah. Wow. It's like try. um, you know where that that you know where that sandwich joint is, Rich. The um uh the deli? No, no, no. Uh what's Angelos? the fucking and Angelos. Angelos. It's oh yeah, like, yeah. It's like what three blocks from there? Oh, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, it's like three blocks south. No, Angelos is unbelievable. Yeah. It's it's the yeah. I mean, the, my current it 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 took my cheesesteak spots. My favorite cheesesteak is Angelo's now. No more Delisandros. I Yo, still Bob, like Delisandros, but Angelo's. Uh, Bob Wilson sat for three hours getting a, that when when Angelo's came back. Bob Wilson sat three hours to get a steak. 
yo, I had my, my, my homie from work, this Puerto Rican dude from the Bronx. He's like, yo, I'm going to Philly. Tell me where to go. I got to get the cheesesteak. I told him to go to Angelo's. He sends me a picture of the door. It's their clothes due to a fire or something like that. Mm-hmm. I was like, he was so mad. I was so mad. I was scrambling to see where else I could put them. I told him to go mm. to that Joe's place off uh, recommendation from uh, Zach Barone. So ah, he's trash. I just went there Sunday. It's garbage. Joe's is very, I, I had it once. I liked it, but it was very salty. Very salty. Garbage. But yo, let um, me tell you what Zach Barone said about my one podcast since he's a big critic. It was with the wrestler guy. I, I oh, that was great wrestler. with Eric. That was a great mm-hmm. episode. Well, mm-hmm. Zach didn't think it was so great. He said, <laughs> this is what he's told me. That was the most boring episode. I could kick that guy's ass. That's what he told me. Why would you even? And there's no way he's kicking that dude's ass, no. right? I mean, come on, what are you out of your mind? Why do you think you could kick that guy's ass? That's the most Zach shit ever. Is to just say un un undoubtedly, confidently, no. I'll kick that guy's ass. And just that's that was the most boring episode ever. I could kick that guy's ass. And then he said something about it. He reminded me of my mom's old boyfriend who was a wannabe wrestler and I could kick his ass too or something like that. And yeah, he was just going on and on. I was like, geez, it's like triggered something in, in, in Barone. That was a little, a little, what <laughs> I love Joe's angle on this though, too. Are people going to see this or are they just going to hear it? Yo, check this out. This is what? another good one. Everything sounds great though. Every, oh no, here was like ready, right? This dude is incredibly boring. Terrible storytelling. Not even a real New Yorker. Everything sounds oh. great, though. Everything sounds a huge step up. Seems like you couldn't invoke anything out of him. You did a great job with the episode. He just seems like a total oh, wow. snore, snore, snore emoji. What a wow! And it goes. Then he hits me twenty five minutes later. Never mind. We're getting into the juicy stuff now. Wow! Oh. I know who oh. exactly he's talking Yo, about. Off the rip came at me like like, and so like I like, <laughs> I have to say like, okay. There's nothing yeah. I can do about this information. I'll follow it under. I'll do better next time, Zach. Wow. And I, I know who he's talking about because he texted me about that the same day. And he's like, I'm listening to Joe's podcast. I want to kick this guy's ass or however. I love it. Yeah. I, I was like, it. and then I'm like, look to who I was like, oh, my God. Zach gets, he gets mad. He gets upset. But you need that, right? Like, he's going to, if it's, if it doesn't sound good, he's going to tell you. That's a good thing. When I, when I thought about doing the podcast, I really was, I don't know what I was thinking besides people said, you should be on a podcast. And I thought I had a cool idea and someone had come to me a year or so before. And I told Richie about it. Like, he's like, Oh, we should do a podcast and we could do it weekly and just focus on the fest. And I'm like, Oh, no one's going to want to get punished about this is hardcore fest for I told once you a week. Listen. And so when I got into it, obviously I started in one direction, but I feel like in the last three months specifically, I have a group of people that I, and I, and I'm honest with this. Anyone can rate me and I'm going to write you back. And I, and I, and I, and I stick to it. I don't blow any, any comment, any DM, any like email. I've gotten all that now on the, this is hardcore and Joe hardcore Instagram, the Twitter and all that. And I want to engage with these people because I understand better what they are getting out of it. And it kind of, I mean, obviously I have you guys and you guys are like amazing friends and you know, both of you guys have, literally hundreds of episodes. So I look to you guys for guidance and just as a sounding board as people that have done this longer than I have, but it's cool that people can resonate. And I think that everything that we all do ties back into connecting to people and keeping the connection going because previous to cell phones, 
my come-ups were walk-up. Maybe, you know, like maybe you guys can correct me, but I don't remember except for the agnostic front show where my mom got us tickets and it was the la- like the reunion show. I don't recall advanced tickets being in the cadence of how we got into a Philadelphia hardcore show. And so almost the late nineties. And at that point we had been just like, even like the early metal shows, like, you know what, there was a show and I felt like such a cornball me and my bro sat outside of Slayer tickets for Slayer biohazard and machine head. And we thought there'd be a giant line. And there was nobody. And we were like the 10th person. It's so fucking cold. And the only other time I did that was on the Megadeth Countdown to Extinction Tour back when they still had that spot. Um, gee, you know the spot that's like used to be at the Chopped? It was like in Drexel, but it was like like a not a stadium, but it was like a little auditorium. Like Green Day was like one of the last big shows there, but like White Zombie and... Oh, uh, you, yeah, you yeah. It, that, you, uh, uh, heads convent- talk about Nirvana playing there. Oh, not Drexel Armory, um, but there was another spot in that area. And um, but it was like it was like a smaller, it was smaller than the electric factory, but way bigger than the truck in the tower. On we, can, on Drexel campus? Not Drexel, uh, where Chop oh. is, where like the Chop thing oh, is. Chop. I think it was called the convention center at the time or something. Like, like I'll have to remember the name, but like that was the only times we really sat out for tickets. And so like I all my social friendships were born either on the L train because we would get on a bridge and Pratt. Mm-hmm. And then, so like I met Chris X because he has to take the train. He had to take a bus to get to the bridge and Pratt. Mm-hmm. So you did each other. And like, you guys both know Bushy. So, mm-hmm. you know, one day we're all on this bus together coming home and we're all looking at each other. It's me and my boy, Carmen, who's now dead. And we're looking at Bushy and he's talking to straight edge Chris and they're like, what's up? I'm like, Hey, what's up? And next, thing you know, it's kind of like, up, I guess we're friends now because we all live in the same neighborhood, but we all listen to that music. And so getting outside that truck line or the TLA line that would span two blocks, you uh-huh. talked it up and you met this person, you met that person. And, you know, we talk about busting balls, dude, hours spent waiting for them to open up tickets and people like Jamie Davis and I would basically be like, oh, you need to check out this band or you need to check out this or, oh, you missed out on this. And you learn so much interacting in real life in the in the in between bands or the before show. And all that's gone because of the social media and the cell phones, because now everyone has their own like circle of like four or five friends or like a little coterie or they want to be friends with everybody. So they don't have any depth or a connection to deep connection to people. Cause they're like, Hey, I have to still say hi to this person. I have to work the room. But those, these, these deep conversations and this like connecting point kind of got lost in the digital age in the early to mid two thousands where like now there's people who are better friends with people because of internet hangouts and constantly talking than in person. And like, I was at that Philly swap meet thing. And I knew everybody's face, but I think if like there was like a highlighted Instagram name or a highlighted Twitter handle, I'd be like, oh, oh, yeah, I know that person, you know, like because I even also with the mask, I was standing right across from AC from Agitator, who's my fucking boy. And I didn't even realize you don't know. Yeah. And then Bob's like, are you just not going to say hi to him? I'm like, oh, my fucking God, fucking masks, man. No, you're not wrong about it, but that's why we got something. This what we're doing right now is kind of cool and it's easy. I think we should try to do this 
we could do this like once a month if we wanted. I would if love we, to. If we wanted I, to do talk about something specifically, we could plan ahead. If we wanted to just bullshit, we could. But this could be its own little thing if you guys are down. You know what I'm saying? I'm a hundred percent down for sure. I and like talking. That. I like talking to. I mean, this sounds dumb to say, but I like talking to friends. You know what I mean? And it, whether we're recording or we're not recording or whatever, whatever. And um, something that resonated with me a long time ago, I don't remember where we were, but Joe, I overheard Joe say, I'm not much of a text guy. I'm a phone guy. And I'm the same way. Like if it's going beyond like, yo, you cool? Yeah, cool. Or are we meeting here at seven? Cool, cool. Or whatever the fuck. Or like, yo, did you, did you make that call? You had to make, you know, whatever. If it's going beyond that, I fucking call. Because, like, why are we texting? Yeah. Like, it almost seems like a step backwards in technology. Wouldn't you rather what? hear somebody's fucking voice and, and their, uh, their emotion and their, their uh, you know what I'm saying? Totally. The, the good thing about texting, though, is I could do it while I'm on the phone. You know what I'm saying? So I could get the, I could get the I, call in, then send out two texts just to check in on some people, blah, blah. So there's some good things about it. But if 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 I want to, you know, like you said, go a even deeper, like get an explanation yeah. or talk, texting is just, it becomes a burden when you have to yes. like that. Yeah. 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 Like while we're doing this, Pablo texted me uh, a picture Stop of him us. in his, a picture of him and his daughter's confirmation thing. His daughter has her confirmation today. <laughs> Exactly. Oh, that's nice. that's, what are you uh are you confirmed jeff yes richie i know yeah. you're confirmed yeah. i don't know I, I think so but i'm not positive i stopped at some point when i was little yeah i i stopped right after confirmation same Maybe here i, I had to do the gimmick that was like yeah. the, the minimum requirements yep. if she was gonna <laughs> if she was gonna try to get me into a, a catholic school and i basically told her i ain't cutting my fucking hair so mm. that's not that's a that's a no-go but I had my, to do my the, sister. I remember went to Catholic school, but me and me and my brother didn't go. I don't did know you why. do? Did you do CCD? Yeah, I remember doing that for yeah, a while. Yeah, I did that. Nightmare. Horrible. Yeah, I, honestly, I, I don't even remember it. I just remember the words like CCD or the letters. <sighs> but I don't even remember it, man. I have no idea. I, it was on. It was on Tuesday nights, man. Yep. And, and like, you suffer it. It's like I'm suffering through regular school, and then I got to go to this bullshit too fucking out of here man it is and to think now like what the church is you know oh, like what it, and, and then we were like in the mix with the with those animals oh my god what a joke what a fucking joke i i Yo, couldn't was, i couldn't take it seriously i couldn't I, I couldn't do it man it's it's brutal yeah i probably i, I mean i probably didn't take it seriously because i was just a little kid but i mean so i, I don't remember any of it i really so don't i had no christianizing whatsoever and one day in some bullshit my mom bullied my dad and was like he's a protestant and a piece of shit and has no god and you guys are that's hard and what's crazy is is patsky's like literally like reading wicked books as she's going through this insanity and she she makes us go and get fucking baptized and i had never been inside a church in my whole fucking life fuck you were older than i was I mean fucking, older than I, you weren't an infant i was like eight or nine fuck. The first time i stepped inside of that i can remember being inside a fucking church and it actually wasn't even my mom's church i had a I, you know sleeping over you know like I had, a, I had a friend and i would sleep over his house and the gimmick was he didn't tell you but then you're 
at their Presbyterian church for oh, Sunday school. But the, yo, so, yo, they give you crayons. You're doing the gimmick. Ooh. But so I stopped sleeping over his house because I'm like, yo, I'm not doing this fucking church shit on Sunday. Uh-huh. And then my mom and my dad were up like at war, physically at war. And for some reason, she bullied us into getting baptized. And then I didn't do church again until she was like pissed off. I'm like, we're going to go to church and we go to fucking church. I don't know how to sit down. And I went. Our church is pretty big. I don't know when to sit up. I don't know when to sit. I don't know the words. I don't know shit. And I was so socially anxious, like my heart. I can remember my heart racing. And it was like, I'm enamored by Christian Christian art to this day. I'm I'm enamored by uh, the history that from the Roman era into the Middle Ages, into the late Renaissance. And the fascination comes from the iconography and the craziness. But what hit me was I was old enough and I was in I was in mentally gifted class. So when she said we're going to CCD, I was like, what is it? And it's like basically blah, 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 Catholic doctrine. I'm like, oh, I'm getting indoctrinated. I'm out. Like I like I'm like, this is going to stay in me. Fuck that. You know, like I was way into long hair, death metal and all that. So like <laughs> I was like one arm behind my back. Like I got to do this because there's no way I'm getting into a good high school. I got into too much trouble. And I eventually just said, no, I'm not fucking going to Catholic high school anyway. And mm-hmm. but to think about that, like the, that weirdness. So you guys, you guys got your um, you guys did the confession in the box, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You guys are yeah. older. So you guys did the box. Mm-hmm. They upped it on us the day before. They're like, you're going to have your first confession and it will be face to face. Oh, boy. Ooh, wow. <laughs> I never did like it like a, that. Yeah. Like at a table? Bro, sitting across from a grown ass man in a dress. Yo. And I'm, I I will tell you that's the only time I've ever confessed. And I didn't even confess anything because I'm like, I don't know. I might have cursed a lot. I think we shot yeah. out. And this, I think this is right after I shot. Actually, I I was involved in the shooting out of windows from a house, from our house to another house. And that might have been <laughs> it happened. But like, <laughs> I don't recall me being the one who shot the window. I just remember being, being a party to it. And that was my longest. You're not allowed to go to that side of the neighborhood for six months. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, that's it. That was my punishment. It wasn't even like, you can't go out. It's like, you can't hang with them for six months. <laughs> and I was still, and I was still hanging with them. So I was like, what are you going to do? You know, like, right. Right. but I think that's, but so like you guys had that crazy. And like, I see it in a movie with like the window and all that. Creepy, and, man. And just, yeah. And I think about it. Um, it brings up something with the Krishna stuff. What we because a couple like uh, Richie Birkin had to talk about Krishna and he kind of yada, yada, yada his way out of like not telling how much at one point he was really involved. And he took the rear view mirror like, well, you know, I was more into it. But, you know, history and other people said he was like really involved early on in Krishna, but he never did the monk thing. He never went full monk, but he was heavily involved and he brought a bunch of people down there. It's got to be weird to be in your teens and go for it. And I have friends who are in their 20s and their 30s and find it. And the only thing I ever bought into, I bought into straight edge. And it saved a lot of things. I understand it better. And I bought into jujitsu. And I bought into the importance of just going to have a union job and being like, this is how you're going to be 60 and have money coming in when you don't have to work anymore. But like I, I, I maybe I'm godless, but I, I can't relate 
to needing a deeper meaning because I have it in hardcore. I know it sounds lame or maybe it doesn't, but like everything that I've needed my whole life, I needed a sense of community. I got it from hardcore. I needed friends who were older that would both shepherd me from bad shit that was happening in my neighborhood, but also uh, infuse me with chaos and probably some bad behavior, (laughs) you know? And then in my 20s, touring changed my world like my first America viewpoint and then my world viewpoint and then getting more seriously into promoting hardcore shows and understanding the culture more and more over the last 25 years, everything from my life, the wellspring of it has been hardcore punk. So I never needed that, like that religious or like this other thing. So I'm probably godless or I've just always focused on activity over um, needing some kind of divinity. Yeah, I think it's come on. I mean, like the the Krishna stuff, even when it was happening in real time in front of me, I just thought it was so goofy. I just didn't get it. Like costumes and the face paint and the haircuts and the colors and the robes. And it was just like, I, there's people you're into a certain religion, this and that. Good for you. It's all to me, it's all bullshit. Like, there's it's a some bullshit fairy tale if it makes you a better person for whatever reason all right good for you Yeah, more but, power to you yeah yeah but even to think that that it does make someone a better person you really you need that like you need someone to say here check this book out from a a, a, a source that you'll never know that you just have to believe and i don't know i just i'm too I, I hate any sort of authority. I'm always anti-authority, even if it's in my benefit for some reason. I can't deal with a church. I can't deal with a religion. It's goofy. And a lot of people in my, like, with uh, with my upbringing, they were also, they're Catholics, but th- at the same time, they're into this Italian witchcraft stuff, which is, oh, how do you make sense of it? <laughs> they, they, they call it st- strangia strangia or something like that stranga strangia and it's like how do you how like they they, if you say something bad they'll be like they'll shock like you're gonna go to hell but at the same time you're practicing witchcraft like this weird form of come on it makes no sense i don't know when it when it and when it hits like christian hardcore bands dude like what the fuck is that well you you know the guys from erie pennsylvania yeah and like and they were never preachy like and you played some sick shows up there and there was never this like sermon ser, sermon on the mount moment where like the guy would but there's a band called yeah. sleeping giant from utah that yeah. did have this like children of the corn gimmick where he would stick his hand out and like privatize to the crowd and everybody was in the christian hardcore we came up with was dudes who were like straight laced guys. Their bands were hard as fuck. The shows in Erie, Pennsylvania were great. They were aff- like they're super affable. They were great promoters. And they left it at the door. There was no like come yeah, and see- but still shut up with the like, you know, are you you're a hardcore band and you happen to be Christian guys. Leave it at that. Christian hardcore? Why are you throwing that in front of the name? Like just leave it off. Is, well, is what, what I was I saying think. is is that first run known as Invictum, Disciple. The, you know, it was a smaller community, and then the gimmick became a marketable enterprise to sell to people who were like in these weird ass southern states, like Florida and Alabama and Nashville, and all these 
all the places where that kind of grew, like even in Virginia and some of the Carolinas, came from these like Bible people who were like, well, you can't listen. Oh, well, it's Christian. Oh, well, you can listen to that. And, and these are like the mall yeah. pederasts. These are but like that's the work exactly for pederasts. What it is. Like, why do you think there's so many straight edge dudes and people in, in Utah? Because it's just part Mormonism, of the culture. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. So it's kind of like, no, mom, listen, it's cool. Like, you know, we don't even drink. We don't even do this. So, so these Southern dudes are like, no, mom, listen, it's cool. We know Jesus is the son of God. Like, you know, it's in our music. Like, it's just like, it, it's like anti-rebellion. Like it's not even rebellion anymore. It, it, it took it took the, the the whole point of hardcore out of it is when they, you know, they conformed. They they changed it to be okay with the elders. You know what I mean? That's that's how I always saw it. Maybe that's a crazy overanalyzing kind of thing, but we know why you're a Christian hardcore band is so you could play heavy music and your mom don't get mad at you. We know why you're straight edge. It's so you can play heavy music and, and you're still, you know, your Mormon family is still okay with it. I'm not. It's the old, it's the old striper gimmick. Exactly. Hell yeah. Yes. The hell <laughs> you know devil. what I mean? Yeah, man. It's, it's uh sanitized rebellion. You yeah. know what I mean? It's, it, it went through the washing machine and it came out. Uh, Who the fuck wants that? I don't want that. Not me, man. I think that, you, you know, people, have these holes you know humans have holes in them and and in there um they try and fill it with whatever and i think uh, people tend to gravitate normal people tend to gravitate towards religion mm, yeah because it's the easiest way to fill those gaps weird Some... people do things like we've done yeah totally and then you have some kind of middle ground where there's like I'm into this, but I'm into that. Like uh, I'm into this, but I like God as well. So then you get yeah. that whole thing. But uh, as a cynical older person, I just see it as a gimmick, you know. And totally. I, 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 if I'm being totally honest, and this might be a jerk off fucking thing, but a band could come out tomorrow that sounds like the greatest band in the world if they claim that they're a Christian hardcore band. No, I, thank you. I, yeah, no, I'm not listening. The fuck out of here. No. And another thing, like. I, I'm straight edge and I probably wouldn't be if everybody back then was like, I didn't come from an area where everybody was straight edge. Like I was like, you know what I mean? Oh. But that's, that's my, the way I see my shit. Like if everybody was straight edge, it'd be easy to be straight edge. Then I'd be, uh, I'd be a belligerent drunk. I just have to, it's in my nature. But since everybody was partying and shit, I said, okay, I have to be this guy. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's how I like to operate. And it doesn't make much sense, but fuck that shit. Something I, yo, check this out. But one 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 little thing. I just found out that my friend who was in a Christian hardcore band years ago, I found out when he was in the band, he used to actually save people on stage, bring them up on stage. <laughs> And they would like, like get down the, on their knees and he, blood. <laughs> yeah, he put like their hand and, and say like, you know, you take this guy to be your thing. And like, oh my God, I That's cannot wait. I cannot wait to bring <laughs> this up to him. Like, I don't want to blow up his spot right now, but it, it it's, I'm picturing in my head. It's insane. Imagine going to a, a show where you think like, ah, underground, this is our shit. Fuck the outside world. And then the guy is fucking doing a sermon on the fucking stage. Oh God. 
I'm not well as I've gotten older, <clears throat> I'm not one who who is as hard on religion as I was at one point. For me personally, I'm not having it, but I've I've seen people really benefit from it yeah, for whatever right. reason. And I'm I'm I, I nothing but support for me for that this music and this sort of it's not the fucking place for it man you know what i mean like yeah, yeah. i'm not listening like more power to you I, I, I live a good life I, you know whatever but you couldn't fucking pay me enough to listen to a shelter song you know what no, i'm saying exactly. and i'm not like man I, and i'm not somebody who's like what do you fucking you fucking like that like i'm not that dude but for me, yeah, that's not what I signed up for. Man. I can't get, I couldn't get past that because the music itself is supposed to be that thing, not this extra. You know what I'm saying? So here's the music, but just in case, let's let's throw this on top. Let's throw the Christianity on top. Let's throw the Krishna on top. Let's throw. It's now now it's like, what what's the music for then? You know what I mean? So the music is just for you to pretend. It's like a, it's Halloween for you. Like you could act like you, you know, punk rock, hardcore, but it's it's also approved by whoever, you know, by these outside sources. You know, do you know that do you know that picture? It's kind of a famous. I mean, we would know it. You know the picture of Roger carrying ice at CBGB's with the mohawk when he's got the big mohawk. Yes, it was in his book, and he carrying like a keg or something. Yes. Yeah. That's what I signed up for. Yes, exactly. Imagine I, if he was carrying a cross. Come on. I didn't sign up for uh, 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 t- uh, whatever the fuck is. You know what I'm saying? And, and again, man, I'm not like do your thing, have at it. But yeah. for me, in my mind, you're doing a different thing. Why are you trying to lump it into this thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this, this scene. It is supposed to be independent of that stuff, in my opinion. That stuff does Christianity really need a hand? You know what I'm saying? Like I know this, from, from from this movement, I know fucking, of all places. That, what are you gonna get? Ten more people? Like who yeah. gives a shit? Like fuck, come on, man. But Joe I'm, promotes that stuff. He likes. I'm that gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna take this deep. Uh-oh. I'm gonna go deeper. I like it. Uh, Richie and I are on the podcast had said that the supplement to religion was hardcore and we allegorically tied the connection between the sunday hardcore matinee to the sunday church meeting and when i look at this as a godless no god-fearing human i understand that at some point earlier in the humanity pre-technologies that small communities congressed together at a building like a church or my pagan ancestors would meet on certain days at the right movement of the sky and they would get together and they would worship the earth and they were thankful for everything and the community structure was based around the congress of these meetings and the ethics and the general well-being of the community was shepherded 
completely by the church and the meetings of the church. And why I'm going deep deep in, in relating this is I know so many hardcore people that have come and said, like, I just miss not coming to shows and everything that I have gotten in my life. And I, I mean, in the in early 90s, I was shepherded out of just being a, you know, your generic thrash death metal kid and turn into a more learned punk rock person because I had zines and these other ideas coming into me that death metal and thrash weren't really talking about through fanzines. And there was a whole socio-political side that was touched on in hardcore that wasn't touched on in there. I got some of my longest friends at the very beginning of this journey into my own hardcore existence. I met my first kid's mother, which gave me my beautiful daughter, who now hits me up and talks about the podcast every week. And I made her up. She hit me with the other day with, you know, I never really went deep on these older bands. Make me a playlist. And I made her this playlist with like the historically the best songs from bands she should know, even if she doesn't like them. But then she hit me. She's like, Dad, I really love the Dead Boys. Like I've been listening to them a lot. And that just like made me like wow. like a win. Like to me, like, like a fucking win that my 20 <laughs> something year old daughter is a Dead Boys fan now. Because is there a, is there a better opener of an album ever than Sonic None. Producer? None. To that, right. so, so I have that connection, and then when I was on my way out, and I say on my way out, I was gonna die or I was gonna fall into a hole so deep it would have smothered me. Dysphoria started taking me out of Philadelphia and take me on weekends, exposed me to more. The, sh- the the opportunity to book shows taught me that hardcore is malleable, and instead of just being a fan, instead of just being someone who buys a metal ticket or buys a tape. And as a fan, I am actually able to interact and produce something that the community will enjoy. And Richie was there. Some of my first shows, they came out to a show in our neighborhood in the summertime with Come and Corrected Mushmouth. And it was a crazy thing. But just knowing that as a 17-year-old kid that I was able to change the world around me by being involved invoked me to go deeper. And through touring and then my own band, The world just keeps opening. And I feel like one of the failures of hardcore, and it's going to sound so weird since we just said this, I really wish we did organize at the LLC or crazy level like a fucking church because I'll tell you what, if we were organized as a church and this are like like legally, like, well, you know, these hardcore shows are protected by church. There could be 20 shows in 20 states all protected with no taxes as like venues and i just think about all this shit that if we did a church wow that'd be like cool. like think about it and it sounds so crazy and i and i don't care if people think i'm a fucking psycho for it but i live in i've lived in bad neighborhoods in philadelphia my whole life and wherever you're at is a row home or a strip mall like on the on like an avenue near the L or by the bus route with this small ass little church and they don't pay no taxes and whoever goes goes and I don't know any difference between the hardcore punk culture in America than just the people that go to church on Sunday and everybody that I've met over the past 25 plus years of booking shows not including when I was a kid learning the ropes to get to that point are still people that I believe are connected to our whole thing 
So it's we're not our, our culture is not unlike a church in some regards. And I feel that like we probably missed some league, like some ways of opening legal venues if we were registered as a church. And I feel like the same sacramental things occur at a hardcore show. You know, like my, you know, for me as a father, my daughter, my daughter had her first stage dive. And I was like happier than shit. I've seen so many young kids have their first show moment. Then they have their band's first the, my, this is my first show. And then like when we have, because of this hardcore, someone will say, I have traveled. This is my first, this is hardcore. These are like pilgrimages. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of um, allegorical connections between like the way that people worship the Abrahamic religions and hardcore music. We are a community. We do have a sense of purpose. We do have ideals. And another thing that we forget about because of the internet age is, I don't know about you, Richie, but if I didn't know Ian Cunningham, Ian Hardedge, I never would have got a union job. That came through hardcore. If I never went on tour, I never would have met my wife, Jess, in California. If I never linked up with these different people, my life would be totally different. My ideas would be totally different. My entire worldview would be shaped separately. My moral code would be different. And I, I have to believe that the community within hardcore is not on like a church, except for that we do not need the dogma and the doctrine and the hierarchical structure over top of us. And so that's the way I look at this as we're talking about all this. Yo, I like what you said. And we have one up on the other Abrahamic religions because our version of Jesus is still here with us, Vinny Stigma. I would have said Roger Murray, but I'll, I'll accept any stigma. Stigma! What are you going for? Who's Jesus? <laughs> Who's Jesus, OG? Is it, is it stigma or Roger? Roger. He even looked like he at some point with the long-ass hair. All right, well, give Roger the Jesus, but then stigma is God. S- stigma is St. Peter. St. <laughs> Peter. Why, wow, you just want to hang him upside down on a cross? No, because he's the one who... <laughs> he's the one who... He's the one who... He's the one who carried... Who carried the cannon. Yeah, he did a lot He's of work on Peter. But yo, I check mean, it out. I got enchiladas upstairs waiting for me, and I'm so, starving. I went right to the computer so I could talk to my homies. So I didn't eat nothing yet. I'm a little hungry. So, Rich, as you sign off, um, mm-hmm. tell us what's going on this weekend. And um, also tell us what's going on with Post. Tell us what's going on with Z9, what's going on with Wisdom, and what's going on with Fast Break, and then you can eat your fucking enchiladas. Check this out. This, this Saturday... Hopefully this comes out before that, and I think it will. It will. will. It's going to come this out this Saturday. Friday. We got, we're doing that show in Thompson Square uh, Park with uh, Madball and Blood Clot and Murphy's Law, and it's a free show, and everybody should go and just have fun. And you know how shows usually go at, uh, in that park; they're usually a great time. And uh, Z Nine, yeah, we uh, it's a little a little side musical project we got going. Uh, still working on it, taking forever. Our uh, our studio guy's super busy, so I get like an hour or two here and there. It's getting frustrating. And uh, with Post America, we just released today that Mad Ball Deep Dive and Hold It Down. It's getting good feedback, except for Zach Barone. Fantastic episode. <laughs> no, actually, actually, Zach was actually excited about it today, and he was uh, he did something like uh, OG said. He was re-listening to Hold It Down and appreciating it a little more. That's cool. So it's the same old stuff, you know how we do, and just eating and chilling with my homies, trying to get out there, 
blah, blah, blah. We do have that one show way in October in Salt Lake City with Wisdom and Chains. Otherwise, after this this Saturday, that's it. That's the we show. We got more we coming. We got more to coming. Get, the to Trinity. Get, yeah. Yeah. We're we'll going to make this. something happen. We'll do this more. Yeah. No, I was talking about the Trinity shows. We're going to do some shit. Me, you, and Mahmood. We got to book yeah. some stuff for sure. Um, I would like to make this a monthly thing, and we'll try to figure out off air how to do that. OG, yes. give us the latest. Give us what's going down. Give us what's going to happen, and sign off. I guess. Uh, you know, I uh, we do Broad Street Breakdown podcast sometimes periodically. We go through uh, periods where we do it a lot. We go through periods where we don't do it at all, and that's we're in one of those periods right now. How's the shop? Uh, shop is good, man. The sh- um again um with the circumstances you know we're very lucky um we're only able to take appointments uh we're not doing any walk-ins i keep the door locked and we're booked pretty far out you know but um if you email us we're the only way we're able to keep track of everybody um asking about things and making appointments and stuff is through email we can't do anything over the phone we because of covid we've eliminated the you know stop in the shop and talk some shit thing so through email that's crescent street tattoo at gmail and that's the only way we can kind of keep track of everything because it's, it's kind of crazy you know people were quarantined but a, a lot of people were still working during that with nothing to spend their money on so what's the dumbest thing you could do with your money get a fucking tattoo so it seems like a lot of people want to get tattooed so um we are booked for a little while, but that's not to say that I can't get you in. You know what I mean? I, I'll figure it out. I'll, I'll slide you in with Jackie or Jordy or Tony or whatever, and we'll figure it out, you know? And But we're, we're, we're very blessed that we're doing okay, you know, after being shut down for four months. And um, I wouldn't say it's the greatest, but it's, it's good. Um, yeah, man. So that's it. All right. And um, like always, once a week, this hardcore podcast comes out. We are working towards an alternative venue to do this is hardcore. As it seems like not even late September is is plausible at the electric factory. So we're going to look into the summertime and look for a Saturday, Sunday scenario that works where we're outside and we are COVID compliant, regardless of where that is in August or July or wherever it ends up. And I just appreciate you guys and the support you've given me as friends. I mean, you guys have both talked me off some ledges in real life and helped me through the podcast. And I hope we do this more. So that's good. Oh. That's, that's all I got. And I'm going to link everybody in our shit on the show notes. And this will be coming out on all of our shows. So that'll be interesting. It's, it's fun. And I'm more than willing to do it with you guys. You know, I got nothing but love for both of you. And I hope that, um, you know, write write us, write the three of us, and tell us what you think of it. And did we, you know, is this dumb? Because we're we're probably gonna do it anyway. But is it is it <laughs> fucking? Did, did you enjoy listening to it? Whatever, man. I'm yeah, always fuck, down like Joseph. Definitely, yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm I feel like Joe does earlier. Like if you write me, I'll write you back, man. You know, Amen. awesome. All, All right, brother. Fellas. Good seeing you guys. Yeah, Yo, you Bye. too. Richie, Peace take Peace care, Steve. buddy. Peace. Later. Talk to you.
I'm gonna tell you how I feel once I'm 